Albuquerque's macro-aggression, Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Tuesday afternoon, I'm Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk on AM 1600, KIVA, ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. 550-5500 right here in the old Kiva. Got some good news to report uh, on the radio front. We'll talk about that momentarily. And lots to get to that we didn't even pick up on yesterday. It was just like a, we were just hacking through yesterday's show, having a, a good old time. And then I was telling Dowd, I said, you know what? I really want to have a really good time. I want to. I want to have a. In fact, doubt. I'd love to have a great time. I'd love to hang out and do a little uh, Española police blotter. And doubt uh, has some breaking news, New Mexico, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen. Breaking news. Uh, by the way, good afternoon, D. Doubt Muska here on this Tuesday. Good afternoon. Uh, thank you for Tuesday. bringing the little ones. I haven't seen them in a while. Oh, they're good. They're 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 so happy. They're so good. They couldn't be happy. Yeah. So. Uh, I think they, uh, you know, like their Milano cookies from uh, Uncle Didi. I noticed some of them were missing. <laughs> uh, they are. They they finally got to them. I the last two times I brought them here, I did I did not give them the Milanos, but today, oh boy. you know, they got the Milanos because they were asking about the Milano cookies. So uh, Uncle Didi's got some uh, more treats, even for the adults. And unfortunately, it's not good news from up north. Very very bad news, Uncle Didi. Yeah, uh, something that we had a lot of fun with. Other people, I guess, used for some sort of political agenda. Uh, the the offended industry. I take offense to that industry. We, as you may recall, it's been a number of months. We've been distracted with all sorts of other things, minor issues like the destruction of the country and various political campaigns. Little little minor piddly stuff like that. We used to have an enormous amount of fun uh, reading the Española Police Blot, or a part of the state that is. Uh, Known for uh, strange crime, uh, even higher than normal for New Mexico standard self-destructiveness. Yep. Uh, you know, people pass out at the drive-thru and that kind of stuff. And uh, people uh, calling the cops saying my family's members are trying to get me involved in strange sexual practices. Uh, you know, all kinds of fun stuff in the police blotter. And we would always cull through that and, and hi- highlight the, the most interesting stories out of Española. The final... Police blotter, at least on the online edition, uh, Mr. Aragon, ran on September 9th. We have not had September one the 9th. run in, what, over three months? It's coming up on four months, I guess. And that was about a month after the big brouhaha uh, that the uh, uh, powers that be in the Republican Party went after a, a fellow who had uh, yeah, that was come in here for an interview yeah, mentioned this. Yeah, Robert Aragon leaked that to the Santa Fe, New Mexican. Yes. Uh, who is the uh, second in charge of the Republican Party. Former Democrat. Yeah, they were trying to, a uh, former Democrat who ran against the uh, a good Republican who held the seat for five terms. And uh, yeah, Robert uh, leaked that to the Santa Fe New Mexican and uh, had some very negative things to say about uh, one of the guys and got him pushed out because he didn't like the things that, uh, that uh, I don't know, we were saying. They were, had nothing to do with race, absolutely nothing to do with race or racism. Uh, we were We were, I guess I saw it as tough love. We were highlighting how, in this vast, huge, self-destructive state, yeah. the 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 locus, uh, the, the 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 central point of density, the singularity, 
happening in Espanola, <laughs> where the worst of the worst happens, and kind of shaming, but having some fun, but also tough love, trying to tell people to sort of get their act, act together. But Eddie, I, I'm going to be contacting the editor of that news publication tonight to ask the Rio it, Grande to a, Sun. The Rio Grande yeah, Sun is Robert Trapp. How long have they been? Uh, why did they stop running it? And for how long and, did did they run it before they stopped? Well, running I know it? it goes back to at least 2015, so this has been six years at least. What people might not know, and we highlighted this back in the summer, the Gannett Papers, so we're talking about the Carlsbad Current Argus, mm -hmm. uh, the Las Cruces Sun News, Alamogordo Daily News, Ruidoso News. Uh, Gannett is a media empire. Okay. They are left of left of left. They are insane. Uh, their quality of their product, like most journalism, is garbage. Gannett announced, uh, th of course, this is part of the USA Today Network, uh, the, the big, as Jay Leno used to call it, America's biggest school newspaper, USA Today. Hilarious. Uh, readers, and you and I mentioned this at the time, this is back in June or July, mm -hmm. uh, readers will also note, uh, we're changing the way we cover crime. Readers will also note the use of mugshots, those photos taken of anyone arrested and booked into local and state jails and detention centers decrease. Why? Last year, Gannett made the decision to discontinue the publication of mugshots. Why? Mugshot galleries presented without context may feed into, you guessed it, negative stereotypes and in our editorial judgment are of limited news value. Uh, the New York Times has covered this. Uh, newspapers dropping their mugshots. The Sacramento Bee in California has dropped it. Uh, there's a, a blogger who said, and NBC News, newspapers all over the country have stopped running mugshots. I think this might be a combo deal where the editor got involved in the woke garbage, but he also saw in the paper just to the south, the Santa Fe New Mexican, Mexican that covered the nothing burger of that individual statement on this show. Uh, I'm going to call, I'm going to email him tonight and we're going to see what he has to say about not running the police blotter anymore and what, what the justification for that. Yeah. Is. Well, I think it's being run by the mayor who is Republican. Good point. Uh, who Excellent tried point. to go ahead and uh, probably angle in on me. I, I don't think that there's any question about that. Uh, remember, I mean, it's also the, the proud public, uh, uh, publisher uh, of the I, I guess hundreds of thousands of people read it the uh, we'll call it the pee pee uh like uh you know he gets written up and all of that you know yeah. so Tough i think the, the the persuasion is you do the type of republican if you want to be a republican you've got to be a certain type of republican and uh you know we of course know about the mayor of espanol who's a good guy and we're broadcasting right in his backyard and i've interviewed him um but you know i wouldn't in any way, shape, or form, call him the standard bearer of Republican. But I think that they probably had something to say. And that's what happens when you have government officials who are bullying mm -hmm. publications into doing something that they had into doing something that they would normally do, which is self-censor. And as long as they can self-censor, then you have the New York Times, the Washington Post. You have all these different types of woke organizations, and they might advocate that they're coming from a particular point of view, but they clearly are not. They clearly are not. So, you know, I think uh, freedom of speech, uh, maybe the mayor of Espanola doesn't believe in that doubt. And uh, maybe he had something to do with it. And maybe Robert Aragon, who's second in command of the uh, Republican Party, doesn't believe in the First Amendment and, you know, had something to say about that. Well, and, it's free uh, speech and transparency unless it's A, uh, politically inconvenient or B, not up to the woke standard set by our overlords. I today. think for them it was more A. I think that yeah. the angle there was to sort of take the inside track on me, if you will, and uh, try and go after me on on these things, which is totally fine. And uh, it's, you know, it's kind of interesting, you know, going back to the PP, I didn't realize that he was getting written up until you sent me an article. And then I, I double check and I look at it, it's like, yeah, that guy has gotten so much material from stuff that we just like emit 
here from the Kiva. I mean, the level of originality is practically zero. He's not connected. He's never here in Albuquerque. And, you know, you've got a far better writer uh, in the conservative um, uh, paper that Nick Wilbur puts together, that's, the that's conservative Mexican, which is a yeah. far more, uh, the level of, of writer, uh, the level of writing between that and the uh, 40 shares. PP. Well, just life it's just, experience, historical oh, yeah. knowledge. It's just, just so much deeper. Yeah, yeah. So. We'll just uh, leave it there. But we've got a lot to get to uh, today. We wanted to start there because we just wanted to tell you just how much the assault on free speech is happening. And it's happening by your conservative Republicans, ladies and gentlemen. It's happening, quote unquote, conservative Republicans, uh, so that you understand that. We are on 1490 KRSN, 107.1 Los Alamos. So here's the good news as it stands. We've got a guy en route tomorrow morning who's going to go all the way back to Dallas and then bring back a transmitter from Dallas. Same day, we've got an electrician who's going out to the transmitter tomorrow a.m. to get that set up. So when the transmitter gets planted down, and then our uh, our transmitter should be uh, placed uh, uh, ready to go probably by noon or one on Thursday, getting us going and ready to go uh, for our last two broadcasts of the year. Uh, well, at least one more broadcast because I know Doubt's got uh, doggy duty. DD's <laughs> got doggy duty on uh, on friday no nope, so i will be going. here on friday oh you will? my weekends are done yeah oh I'm really okay. Go. Yep. okay well that'll be fun to kind of round off the year and and i'm gonna and, drink a lot of alcohol on that show too yeah so, probably but, won't you know any here god i never mm-hmm. liked you <laughs> oh it's such a world bum yeah there we go uh, <laughs> when the irish start drinking the truth comes out you know? really <laughs> i thought the truth came out anyway out about irish people. in vino veritas yeah in vino uh, veritas <laughs> which uh, by the way is uh latin uh, not not Irish, but uh, no. the Irish don't care. Uh, one of the other things, too, is that, you know, I was, I was going through, you know, I got some people who were listening yesterday and they absolutely loved our segment when we were talking about how much do people count in their minority positions. I figure we might need to talk more about that in terms of what counts and what percentage and for what reason. Uh, we were doing that sort of uh, tongue in cheek during the uh, Murder Mike uh, segment and Murder Mike will be you're live in studio uh, tonight uh, about five nice. o'clock. So let's. Uh, Mike, we will not try your patience like we did yesterday. There was a lot of eye rolling on the other side of this table when we got into our. How much does one type of murder count versus another? Mike just wanted to give the news. Eddie and I were having a little fun. We were. We're yeah, trying we, to have a lot of fun. I think, I think it's easy to have fun around here, especially with the woke crowd. The mood is light around <laughs> here. The stress is way less, and uh, I'm. I, we finished off the show very heartily. Uh, with a little Christmas uh, Day battle royale as George Washington took it to the Hessians. And, uh, you know, that was... Uh, you, when everything was darkest, <laughs> it's just, uh, something good happened. And it was a little bit gloomy outside. Uh, 550-5500, that's 550-5500 for all you guys uh, uh, checking in. So that's uh, pretty cool. Kickball is bad for you. Let's start here, uh, shall we, from uh, my favorite, one of our favorite listeners, that, of course, is uh, Anne. Uh, she's she's our, our greatest patron uh, here at the radio she station. Really is. She is, uh, you know, literally second to none. We, we love uh, all our listeners, but some are like way go beyond. She's regal. <laughs> she sits she sits on high, uh, and her ability to compose uh, her her uh, verbose weaponry uh, at will in long lengthy letters uh, is unmatched. So four young international soccer stars died this week after suffering a heart attack. Yes, let's stop here, folks. Seems to happen a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, what have we all been doing? We've been absolutely pushing the vaxes. People are getting the booster shots. We stand vindicated yet once again. Doubt, unfortunately. I, I, I hate to say it. 
So Croatian footballer Marin Kasic, Oman international player Mukaled Al Rakadi, Egyptian goalkeeper Ahmed Amin, and Algerian football player Sofiane Lukar all died this week. The COVID world reported. On December 22nd, let's let's go through these one by one, shall we? Oman international player Mukhalid Al-Rakidi, age 29, died after collapsing during a warm-up ahead of a domestic match with Al-Suwaik. Al-Rakidi was rushed to the nearest hospital by ambulance. The reason for his death was heart attack, pericarditis, myocarditis. That's according to the Oman Observer. Actually, there's more free speech than there is in the Rio Grande Sun in the Oman Observer. So here we go. This one here, this one here Mukhalid Arakidi died after he collapsed on the warmer. Uh, this is coming from Kuwait Times. On the very same day, Egypt's third divisions, Al Rabat and Al Anwar SC, goalkeeper, Ahmed Amin, passed away after suffering a sudden heart attack as well. He suffered cardiac arrest, lost consciousness in the locker room after training with his team. The club's medical team tried to revive him unsuccessfully and promptly rushed him to the hospital. He was pronounced dead on arrival and the cause of death, you guessed it, cardiac arrest as well. Okay, there we go. Um, Let's go to the next one, shall we? (sighs) Looks very healthy. Very happy right there. There is a picture of him, most recent picture. Marin Kasik, 23-year-old Croatian defender, died in hospital just days after collapsing during a training session. He was immediately rushed to the hospital, diagnosed with heart failure, and put in comatose state and was pronounced dead after they withdrew life support. And finally, and boy, I don't know if you get more healthier than... uh, and Kasik, I mean, very, very healthy. Look at that. Look at that young man. There he is. Good looking son of a gun. Guys dead. Have 1% body He's fat. They dead. run around all day. He's dead. <laughs> Unbelievable. Kasik is dead, dead, dead. The most recent death is Algerian footballer Sofiane Lukar, who suffered a heart attack and died after colliding with his goalkeeper in a second division match in Iran on Saturday, according to Reuters. They said Lukar was hurt after running into his goalkeeper. He resumed playing after treatment, but then collapsed 10 minutes later. He was rushed to hospital, died of a heart attack on his way. News of the death was broken to the two teams. They abandoned the match. Here's a tragic video where the medical staff tried to resuscitate Lukar. Uh, Very, very scary, in fact. Uh, There it is. Uh, And another heartbreaking scene where his teammates were seen crying upon hearing the news that he had died on the field. I'm telling you right now, there are two things that are going to prevent the tyranny in this world. And it's going to be more incidents like that. More incidents like that. I don't know why we have to. Here we go. We don't need to call me. I don't know what else you want me to say. Okay. (laughs) I'm trying to help everybody out there. It's going to be more incidents like that where soccer players and other professional athletes die and other people who are fully vaxxed 
in these leagues that are of public notoriety, okay, when they get infected with COVID for the second or third time. I sent Dowd an amazing statistic last night. Dowd was uh, doing some work, and I said, okay, well, did you know, and I was listening to Coast to Coast AM last night, did you know that 70% of all infections in the United States of the Omicron virus are coming directly, that's right, from the vaccinated individuals, ladies and gentlemen. And one of the things that you have to understand is you don't want to, again, Dr. Paul Alexander's information is really standing up, isn't it? You don't want to vaccinate into a pandemic the way that he said it. Do not vaccinate into a pandemic because it's morphing and it's spiraling out of control. And you're introducing new viral loads into the population. I believe today that there's more people who are infected with COVID than at any time since the beginning of COVID. I believe we are literally at the height of that. And to that end, just to let you know, just to let you know, they want people to not be counted any longer. They're pulling away, oh, you're, you're, va- you're, you're infected? Well, we're going to go from 10 to 5, and we don't want to start counting the number of infections anymore. Now we just want to count the percentage of people who are hospitalized. That's all they're looking for now because the numbers are too far out of control. If you haven't been infected by COVID-19, it's just a matter of time. And when you do, don't worry about it. It's not that big of a deal anymore. Everyone's going to get it. Everyone's got it. And everyone's getting it right now. That's exactly what's happening. But you got a-holes like this priest at this church. Father Edward Beck declared the unvaccinated should not be allowed to attend church services. Unbelievable. At a time when we probably need this man, his church, and everything else the most, let's just uh, take that smile off his face. And I think we should go after Father Edward Beck, who likely has never had to take care of a single thing his entire life. There is a supply chain of shortage of love and compassion. Listen to the manipulation. I think that what we're trying to say to people is that you have a social responsibility If you do gather, you know, Christian churches, many are gathering this evening with some still not requiring vaccination, which I disagree with. Well, it's the unvaccinated churches who are not spreading the Rona. It's the vaccinated because 70% of all new infections are coming from the vaccinated. Look at Coast to Coast last night. I don't know if you guys ever visit the website. You guys can become a Coast subscriber as well. We appreciate all of uh, Coast to Coast AM. George Norrie. Last night's show, Dr. Peter McCullough presented what he considers research-based and balanced information on the prevention and treatment of COVID-19, followed by John Gabriel. That was last night. Dr. Peter McCullough last night was on fire. Truthforhealth.org is the name of the website that you want to go to, truthforhelp.org. He's an internist, cardiologist, epidemiologist, managing the cardiovascular complications of both the viral infection and the injuries developing after COVID-19 in Dallas, Texas. He published Pathophysiological Basis and Rationale for Early Outpatient Treatment of SARS-CoV-2, 
infection, the first synthesis of sequence multidrug in ambulatory patients infected with SARS-CoV-2. He has 51 peer-reviewed publications on infection, has commented extensively on the medical experience on the response to COVID-19 on the Hill, America Out Loud, and Fox News. On November 19, 2020, McCullough testified the U.S. Senate Committee on Homeland Security and throughout 2021, the Texas Senate Committee on Health and Human Services. He also in New Hampshire, Colorado, South Carolina. He has two years of dedicated academic and clinical efforts in combating SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, and in doing so has reviewed thousands of reports, participated in scientific congresses, group discussions, press releases, and has been considered among the world's experts on COVID-19. And if you go to Truth For Health, You'll find it right there, more than 70%. And this is the information that is not getting out. It simply is not. Why? Well, it's been being driven by an agenda right now. They want everybody vaxxed. They want everybody spreading COVID-19. They want everybody spreading the Omicron. And isn't it interesting? Everyone's being infected only with the Omicron going forward. What are they vaccinating for? Maybe they're leading us with the vaccinations. I think it's very interesting. 550-5500. That's 550-5500. If surgery is necessary, then it's wise to have some of your blood stored. There you go. Hey, I can't find the show on AM or FM. Here you go. I just sent it to you. Can't expect everybody to uh, know where everything is, but we'll do our very best to get people connected. See if the see if they uh, the cases continue to explode in the NFL. I think they are. Hi, guys. Just heard you're messing about last night's show. Very cool indeed. Finishing up my script for tonight and be there very soon. That is uh, for Murder Mike. So, you know, the trans murder blue, folks. You have to know that. So uh, video killed the radio star as far as uh, I'm concerned in in all of this. So hopefully you guys are going to try and uh, get as many people listening on the Internet until we're uh, back up and running on Thursday. Back after a quick break uh, here in the Kiva, AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM. Amazing Grace Personal Care Services is companion care at a reasonable rate, including mobile assistance, meal preparation, household services, cognitive assistance, and support services, and more. 505-796-4900. That's 505-796-4900. Hi, this is Mark Minicucci with the Minicucci Insurance Agency. We are privately held and locally owned. We market property and casualty insurance products and risk management services primarily to a variety of companies located within New Mexico and the surrounding states. We are able to meet the needs of a large international company as well as small local businesses. We employ the best and brightest agents to ensure that our customers are well taken care of. Call us today at 883-3683. 883-3683. Don't get caught unprepared to defend yourself. I'm Keith Cope with VigilantFirearms.com. We provide calm, safe, and effective training for concealed carry or any other gun training classes. VigilantFirearms.com, 312-0065. 312-0065. No matter where your journey starts, it will end at Ann Matthews Bridal, where you will get to say yes to the dress. The Ann Matthews selection from nine top designers, including the Disney collection to 18 different lines, brings the shopping experience of New York and Dallas right here to Albuquerque. Call 890 890- 3736 for your own personal shopping experience. And Matthews Bridal, 890-3736. Located across the street from Coronado Center at 6121 Manal Boulevard. Hi, I'm Ben Lucero, president and owner of Indigo Mortgage and proud to be a locally owned and operated mortgage company right here in New Mexico. Being local carries many positives for consumers, such as being able to meet face-to-face, 
You will receive quick response times and all loans are processed here locally. And you will always talk with the same people from application to funding. All of our employees live here and all profits from loan origination stay right here in New Mexico. Indigo Mortgage believes in supporting our local economy. And if at all possible, we use local vendors for supplies and technical support. I personally hire and vet all loan officers, and I assure you that your loans will be dealt with both ethically and with knowledge. Indigo Mortgage can offer the best rates and terms available on the market, so contact us today on the net at indigomortgage.net or by calling 836-5700. That's 836-5700. Indigo Mortgage, because nobody cares more about your mortgage loan. NMLS, 188-348. Hey, Grandpa and Stella. We need to get back to work. We are working, Eva. Yeah, all this cleaning and sanitizing is hard work if you do it right like we do. Exactly, Stella. Especially while serving all the yummy Monroe's food with a smile. Behind the mask. And in a safe, sanitized place. Hey, hey Eva, we, we want a raise. raise. I'll give you two a raise. Go and raise the flag and get back to work. We are going to Monroe's in Heights and downtown. Directions at chili.theplaceilike.com. Want the honesty, affordability, and reliability of a household plumber without the crack? Call Rogers Plumbing and Heating, family-owned and operated since 1973, for all your plumbing needs. Reaching Albuquerque, Baylor, Moriarty, Santa Fe, New Laguna, Pueblo, and anywhere in between. Rogers Plumbing and Heating is not only fast and reliable service, being family-owned and operated since 1973 means they always put their customers first and hold each of their employees to the highest moral, professional, and ethical standards. So when you need a fix without the crack, call Rogers Plumbing and Heating at 243-9703. Do what you love. Deliver your best. You do life, and we'll make sure you get the best back. That's how we roll. We do taxes. Liberty Tax. You do life. We do taxes. Within moments of your vehicle being taken out of your possession due to theft, other crimes are committed. Unfortunately, vehicle theft is all too common, but it can be prevented with the Revelco Vehicle Anti-Theft Device. RevelcoNM.com or give us a call at 505-550-4994. Music is the great communicator on MakeUsGodlyAgain.com. Sometimes we just need a pick-me-up. MakeUsGodlyAgain.com My baby, she told me She don't want to hold me And kiss my lips anymore She's gonna leave me And she don't believe me But I'll be true now Well, if she don't love me Not thinking of me But why'd you do it this time of year? Diving into a very cold water on a boat out. Uh, uh, unmistakable there is the Marina del Rey, which I've been to. And uh, there you go. Uh, Dennis Wilson died on this day back in 83, which, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, 38 years ago. My gosh. There it is. A uh, long time ago. Getting more into, uh, you know, our, our radio station will be back up on Thursday itself. But uh, uh, no, we're not on another station number. These guys are just great. So 
there you go. The transmitter's there, but it's nice because everybody just keeps, you know, checking in and we keep connecting them to our app. We're on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV. These are all good. The uh, number of downloads has been great uh, for Apple TV uh, just in the last day. Keep it Podcast, up. Podcast, uh, you can Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud us. You can download the apps at rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com. Talk with our web guys. Uh, everything will be up and running on that as well. So everything looks uh, pretty good down. Uh, yeah, I got some uh, quick stats. You, sure. you got me thinking last segment, Mr. Aragon. Uh, who, Mr. Aragon always has me thinking. Uh, I've got my agenda for the day, and then for almost three hours I get boom, 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 go in this direction, go in this direction. And usually he's right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I want to portray... Uh, I want to give you an overall perspective about this case number, of course, people testing positive for the coronavirus, where we were, say, a year ago versus where we are uh, today. And I'm going to start off with a statement nine months ago. Uh, you probably know this person as one of the country's leading virologists, immunologists. She's really an infectious disease expert. Uh, she goes by the name of Rachel Maddow. Here's her quote from her program on the 29th of March, 2021. So we were talking almost exactly nine months ago. Uh, you have to just imagine the smirking for yourself because it's pretty much constant smirking with our, our, uh, our beloved Rachel. Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person, potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way. <laughs> that, you know, that could never happen. Uh, now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. Now, here she's kind of shifting into school marm uh, mode because all of the plebes listening to her can't understand what a vaccine is. The virus, can, uh, a vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this if we just go fast enough to get the whole population vaccinated. It's huge news. Okay, here's reality. The number of uh, seven-day average daily cases, uh, the peak that we had in this country was last winter. Of course, winter is when the respiratory viruses of all types are, are always at their worst. Uh, this is the CDC data put in graphic form by the Washington Post. So January 10th, uh, coming up on almost a, a year ago, January 10th, 2021, we had 249,000 positive cases in the country, uh, confirmed cases, well, PCR test cases that day. So 249, almost 250,000 cases that day, January okay. 10th, 2021. By summer, as is always the case with viral uh, diseases of all types, they tail off. And by summer, you know, we, we don't experience cold and flu for the most part in the summer. We were down to 11,000 cases around June, July. Uh, this is, of course, before Delta came along. So we went from almost 250,000 positive tests a day to 11,000. I mean, crushed, crushed, crushed. OK, now, don't forget, along this whole time, last December, January, they start vaccinating people, uh, the healthcare workers first, then the older people, then on and on and on. We now have over 200 million Americans, over 200 million Americans vaccinated in this country. Where are we in terms of daily cases now after that 11,000 bottoming out in the summer? We are up to 232,000 daily cases. We are almost back exactly, and I imagine in another week or 10 days, we probably will or maybe even surpass where we were in terms of daily cases a year ago at our national peak, January 10th, 2021. Rachel and all of her ilk told us this all goes away if we get vaccinated. The numbers suggest... She had no idea what she was talking about. Zilch. 
complete and uh, total utter nonsense, uh, as we've seen the exact, as we just described, uh, take place. And the data is all supporting all of that. And there you go. Uh, this is why uh, one of our listeners just texted and he said, this is why I do not take medical advice from politicians. If you have held out, not got the vaccinations, ladies and gentlemen, you're as close to getting the lottery as possible right now. I mean, if you're a young, healthy, 23-year-old, 28-year-old, you know, Croatian, Egyptian, Oman, uh, you know, football player, you lost your life to a heart attack because you had to get vaxxed, okay? And so what's happening over there is certainly what is going to be happening uh, over here if you continue down this. Now, um, the football coach in Roswell, uh, who played for the Chicago Clubs, I, I did uh, find out, I think it was Mickey Reeves, uh, he did get his vaccination shot uh, just prior to him collapsing on the field as the coach for uh, for the Roswell wow. uh, team that's out there, Roswell Christian team. So all that is there. You are taking a huge risk to do it. And we've seen the side effects, the ill effects, not to mention the viral load that comes in and you're dumping it uh, absolutely uh, everywhere. We've got more stuff uh, here, 550, 500. Uh, good, good stuff there, uh, Dowd. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm so just we, citing the official government data, so I'm not making anything up. You can you can look it up. It'll be in show notes tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Their own data that they released confirmed they have no idea what they're doing. So, uh, or my, maybe they do know what they're my doing. My vax coworker got COVID from his vax wife. She has pneumonia. My double vax booster sister-in-law got COVID, but I have not and will not take the experimental gen jab. Didn't you remember that they only wanted vaccinated people to get together during the holidays? So what were you guys all doing? Getting vaxxed and spreading, spreading. corona. You're the super spreader. This is, this is literally the pandemic of the vaccinated, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? That, that's where we're at. Uh, if, if you, you want to go to a vac- vaccination, you want to go to a COVID spreading party, go to the pit and go watch the University of New Mexico Lobos. Okay? Find out all your other people who are getting vaccinated and say, Oh, it's the unvaccinated. Try to point fingers at us. We're not attending your crap anymore because you don't let us in. That's why. We don't even have to go. We don't go to your grocery stores. We get them delivered. Did you know you can get groceries delivered? Did you know that was a thing? Really amazing. Unfortunately, we'll probably take famous people, Eddie, and people pushing the agenda dying from myocarditis before the narrative changes. I think the narrative has changed. I think the media hasn't adopted the truth and what the real narrative really is. Okay? Sure. COVID's real. We get it. But the people who are getting it aren't the unvaccinated. They're not the people who, if you got vaccinated, right, you're likely the person who's spreading it out right now. I am betting the side effects of vaccines are a hell of a lot higher than they are reporting. We're not even talking about the side effects. We are talking about the vaccinated people infecting other people. This is why I said, you might have famously heard me when I said, if you just got vaccinated, I don't want to see you. I don't want to know you. I don't want you near me why would i take medical advice from a politician precisely exactly consult with yourself so let's get to a politician who is actually a doctor Rand paul going after fauci for a vaccine virus blames top doc for thousands of deaths he said i would venture to say that thousands of people die in our country every month now from covid because he de-emphasized the idea that there there are therapeutics that's right who said that before that would be me where, where did we have these skyrocketing death numbers? In the places where you didn't prescribe hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, ivermectin, right? I think Fauci is of the philosophy that vaccines are incredibly successful and are the way to go versus therapeutics, for example. 
I can tell you right now, I've got my ivermectin, my hydroxychloroquine ready, on the ready the moment I get infected with COVID-19. I fear not because I know what works. We know what works. Doctors Without Borders is giving or No, it's not Doctors Without Borders. What, what is the name of the healthcare out of Baylor University? It just escaped me. Oh. Um, but anyway, they're the ones who were telling, hey, we got the miracle drug. And what immediately happened to all those doctors? Oh, frontline doctors? What is it? Yeah, frontline doctors. Frontline. Remember the, uh, the African-American uh, woman? Um, yeah, well, they, they all ridiculed her. That yeah. wasn't racism, though. No, no. Uh, <laughs> I think, and I think they literally had her do it for that very reason. So let's go to frontline doctors, ivermectin. I remember this clear as day when they did this. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Fringe doctor, Scientific American. The frenzy, the advocates, anti-vaxxers, and telehealth people. Doctors explained during the Senate hearing why they don't believe. America's frontline doctors continue to misinform on COVID. I mean, the propaganda war on these poor people who are just trying to help. We're literally just trying to help. That's all they were doing, trying to get people the good information that they needed. Ivermectin's use surges despite no evidence it treats COVID-19. Brought to you by Moderna. Dr. Peter McCullough is somebody that you absolutely have to follow. He was on Coast to Coast AM last night. And I can tell you right now, the people who have been suing to get ivermectin and they get healed from it, this is, this is what happens. Okay? They will not, absolutely will not use the non-therapeutics that they know that that won't work. The frontline doctors have been pushing the COVID-19 treatments for nearly one and a half years. Time.com wrote about it, how America's frontline doctors sold access to bogus COVID-19 treatments and the left patients in the lurch. Okay. All ivermectin, all ivermectin. What's healing it? Ivermectin. What's happening with ivermectin? They're not prescribing it in states like Colorado and, of course, New Mexico. So, of course, you see it skyrocket. There's nothing wrong, he says. You want to develop a vaccine? Vaccines can be great for polio or smallpox or wonderful. It didn't actually work for AIDS. Yes, and it's not working for COVID-19. That's where we are right now. Now, back in South Africa, the study now suggesting that Omicron infection could boost immunity against the Delta variant. Go out, get the Omicron. Be natural in getting it. And now previous variants, you're now practically foolproof. The scientists at the Africa Health Research, which Omicron originated from, examined 33 unvaccinated and vaccinated individuals who had contracted the Omicron variant. They found that people who were infected with the Omicron developed enhanced immunity to the Delta variant. Their immunity was even stronger if they had previously been vaccinated against COVID-19. So what... So what if you're vaccinated after? Huh? Think about that. What's going to happen with you? You're going to be practically foolproof. You got your vaccination, and on top of that, you got infected. Not that bad. You're not going to die. You're going to be pretty much foolproof against the Delta. Isn't Delta the most prevalent? I didn't realize that Omicron spread that far. Or that fast, I should say. The uh, study, which has not been peer-reviewed, also finds the Omicron could displace Delta as the dominant coronavirus variant. Isn't every successive variant more dominant than the previous one? 
That's why it's a successful variant. There it is. Health expert says COVID cases should no longer be major metric of pandemic or just shift to hospitalizations. Dr. Ashisha Jha said that the public health officials should stop using COVID-19 case data as a central metric infection. The dean of the Brown University School of Public Health and a health expert at Harvard University, Omicron appears less virulent despite being highly contagious. Is it just the cold? Are you overreacting? Is this a mind-body, you know, somehow you're freezing yourself because you suddenly got infected with the corona and the Omicron variant? You're going to die because of what the news is telling you, and suddenly you're saying, well, I must be worse off. Have you noticed how much worse off you feel when you tell yourself how Absolutely worse off you are? powerful, the brain. <laughs> Even though you are practically non-existent in terms of symptoms. Oh, I have COVID-19? Well, what should I do? Uh, sit down, shut up, go lock yourself in your room, and take the jab after you get done with... Watch, watch yeah. Netflix and worry all day. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Omicron changes that, according to Ja. Uh, the shift we've been waiting for in many ways, we're moving to a phase where if you're vaccinated, particularly if you're boosted, you might get an infection still. It might be for a couple of days and not feeling so great, but you're going to bounce back. That's very different than what we have seen in the past. So I no longer think infections generally should be the major metric. Maybe that's also why the CDC decided to go ahead and reduce the quarantine time again from 10 to 5. 550-5500, that's 550-5500. Five governors now also are pulling back on the vaccine mandates for their National Guard members. Why? Because they don't really think that this is that big of a deal. This is overblown in the media. They're shutting schools down. They're shutting down institutions. Corporations are shutting down again. Well, we, we were, have you noticed how there's absolutely no people on the road right now? You drove there. here. There's nobody yep. here. Yep. Okay. 50,000 military members across all branches have declined to get vaccinated. Aren't they supposed to be relieved from their duties? That's what they're trying to do. But you have Alaska Governor Mike Dunn leaving, Mississippi, Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves, most affordable housing place, by the way, is Mississippi. I think these are all Republicans. Governor Pete Ricketts in Nebraska and Mark Gordon in Wyoming. They sent a letter to Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, by the way. Um, I think was he picked a, uh, as much for his skin color as he was for his accomplishments? It's a very woke he's, administration. Yeah, he's a, a, a black, ladies and gentlemen. They said in the letter that while Austin can establish readiness standards for activation in Title 10, directives declaring whether individuals who refuse to get the vaccine can train in Title 32 says that have to be punished and separated from state and national guard if they refuse to get or beyond the authority. They're saying, oh, yeah, let's just start getting rid of people. Why? These guys are saying, no, this isn't going to happen. The U.S. Supreme Court has for decades affirmed cases such as the Perpich versus Department of Defense that the National Guard is under the command and control of the governor and not the National Command of the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin. So they're advocating that they don't have to get the vaccination. Pretty awesome. Definitely. Let's turn those five states into 35 states. I think that would be great. <clears throat> what about the masking? Two CEOs of two different airlines, American Airlines and Southwest, Gary Kelly and Doug Parker, came to a hearing about the financial support that the airlines received from the federal government. They said, I think the case is very strong that masks don't add much, particularly after you guys watch that spat with former Baywatch uh, yes, yes. Uh, B plan star and what, what is and it? Raiderette. <laughs> Raiderette. Was she a cougar? Was she a Hooters girl too? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I saw the Raiderette outfit. Yeah, That's uh, always highly in, regarded. Was spitting in the face of an 80-year-old man. Yes, masks didn't work there. 
If anything, in the air cabin environment, it is very safe and very high quality compared to any other indoor setting. You're also getting a blast of oxygen directly above you. The HEPA filters on planes capture all airborne contamination. Air quality is helped by how frequently cabin air is exchanged with the fresh air from the outside of the cabin. By the way, if you're standing outside with a mask on, you're an idiot. You just are. Just just accept that already. Even the Moonbats and Corrales aren't mm. wearing the mask yeah. on the trailing road. But, Eddie, I think that the key point in this whole story, I think this was last week when they were testifying, these are two airline CEOs. They will both be retiring uh, in the next couple months. So they felt free to speak, to talk to Congress, frankly, because they're stepping out. I wonder if they wanted to have a long career uh, in uh, air travel, that they, if they would have been as honest about not wearing masks. I, yeah. I, I, one wonders. Yep, I think that's exactly what's, uh, what's going on. Take a quick break. Back to wrap the hour. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in right here in the Kiva. AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM. Rockoftalk.com. Merry Christmas. Christmas comes this time each year. Well, way up north where the air gets cold, there's a tale about Christmas that you've all been told. And a real famous cat all dressed up in red. And he spends the whole year working on in his sled. It's the little thing Maintaining your cutting equipment is essential to the longevity of your tools and the quality of your product. Whether you're a woodworking professional, metalworking professional, hobbyist, or you just need a new edge on your kitchen knives or gardening tools, trust the sharpening experts at Precision Sharpening to help keep your tools in excellent condition. 884-8229-884-8229. Hey, it's Eddie Aragon. The staff at ABQ Guns stands for your Second Amendment rights, but they believe other freedoms are under attack by the governor's orders. Small businesses are bearing the weight of those health orders, and ABQ Guns believes she owns our state's economic collapse. ABQ Guns urges you to shop local for firearms, ammo, and accessories. Stop by the shop in Riverside Plaza, on Coors, north of Montano, or visit shop.abqguns.com. ABQ Guns, defenders of your freedom. Hey, Rock of Talk listeners, do you know what's on the Rock of Talk app? The Rock of Talk TV. Rock of Talk podcasts, Rock of Talk news, weather, alarm, and more. Download it now at rockoftalk.com. This is the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. Do you believe the U.S. can run trillion-dollar deficits forever without consequence? Do you believe our politicians have any incentive to rate in spending? Do you believe the stock and bond markets are on solid ground? If you don't, and if you believe something's wrong, but you also believe there will be an opportunity as things change, then call Greg Zanetti at Zanetti Financial. He's been helping people with their investments since 1986. He sees the investment world through a clear lens. He gets it. No annuities, no insurance, no investor profiles. The goal is to make you money. Call Greg today at 250-3754 or visit him at ZanettiFinancial.com. 
When it comes to vehicle maintenance and repair, you want a place where you can be sure you're going to get reliable, honest, and quality service. A place where a credentialed automotive expert will work on your vehicle and explain exactly what needs to be done and at a fair and honest price. And so important, where you won't be charged for parts and unnecessary service you may not even need. Now, where's this place? JJ's Premier Tire and Service, a one-stop shop for all your auto needs. Alignments, oil changes, brakes, computerized diagnostics, tune-ups, suspension, air conditioning, and more. And JJ's, the tire dealer for all major brands, including Michelin, Firestone, and Goodyear. Hi, I'm JJ, and we've built our reputation on honest, fair-priced auto repair. We promise you excellent auto service, and we treat our customers the way we want to be treated. Trust JJ's Premier Tire and Service on San Antonio, just west of Wyoming. Call 821-5771. Did someone say waffles? Quick, go to Sunny Side Up, the place to be for the Patriot Waffle, strawberry banana and plain Belgian waffles. Sunny Side Up, Manala, Louisiana. And show your mobile Sunny Side Up offer, sunny.theplaceilike.com. The market is flooded with health supplements that claim benefits in memory, but virtually none offer credible evidence with their products working until now. Memory Revitalizer 800-606-0192. This potent natural formula was invented by a neuroscientist and physician. Memory Revitalizer slows aging, improves memory, increases energy, gives robust stamina. It has been used in an Alzheimer's clinic for 18 years. It is safe. It does not interact with other prescription drugs. Two large blinded studies confirm the benefits in memory capacity. Customers say it's wonderful. It works. It's essential. Buy it from Best Buy Pharmacy, Manal Pharmacy, and other independent pharmacies. Or purchase it from Moses Country Store and other independent health stores. Or go to MemoryRevitalizer.com. MemoryRevitalizer.com or 800-606-0192. MemoryRevitalizer.com or 800-606-0192. Yeah! Part of the 27 Club, uh, many, many members of the 27 Club here on this 28th day of December, uh, 455 uh, here in the Kiva. And I'm getting lots of uh, good texts and uh, emails coming in. This is from the Vaccine Reaction, uh, D.W. Muska. New York Times deputy editor dies of heart attack the day night. after getting Moderna COVID shot. Uh, the deputy Asia editor for the New York Times, Carlos Tejada, Died in hospital in Seoul, South Korea on December 17, 2021, day after he reportedly getting a booster shot of Moderna's NIAID experimental messenger RNA, uh, the 1273 known as the Spikevax biologic. According to his wife, 49-year-old Tejada died of a heart attack. She informed the world of her husband's sudden death in a tweet. This is Carlos's wife, Nora. It's with deep sorrow that I have to share with you that Carlos passed away last night of a heart attack. I lost my best friend, our kids. And our truly great data will be off social media for a while. So just as we started the hour telling you about the athletes, it's not just athletes. It's everybody else out there. It's journalists. It's uh, people that you're hearing about all the time. 
Um, and again, if you're infected and they can get you into a hospital and they pound you with remdesivir and vent you, you're also dead. These are the two ways that you go. We've had a number of people who have, you know, uh, died uh, that way uh, as well. It's uh, very sad. It's uh, been a, a sad year. And I got to tell you, a lot of this stuff could have been prevented with therapeutics. Could have been prevented if we didn't try to uh, vax up so much and we use natural immunity and create the herd immunity. Uh, since nobody wears a mask at home, why should we wear one anywhere else? Good point. Why would you? That does make uh, no sense. Uh, let's see. Make the Nuremberg Code great again. That's interesting. Uh, Dr. Pina McCullough will be on the Clay and Buck show tomorrow. Oh, Dr. nice. Musket. Nice, okay. nice. Hi, Eddie. I got COVID in January last year. I kept being exposed to COVID, and I haven't got sick again. Thank God. I took the antibody test in October, and I came up positive for COVID antibodies. There you go. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with a little uh, with a little natural, all natural? Uh, D. Dowd we, we used to understand that in this country, right? What is your What's your anymore. sister saying out in Scotland now? Oh, have you she's, I got an email from her this morning. She said she's had kind of like a boomerang symptoms from the the third you know, oh, the no. booster she got. So she says she doesn't know if it's boomerang from the booster or just it is cold and flu season. But I worry about her, but you know she's uh, she wants to come to America to see her family, and you know our parents aren't getting any younger. She helps out on the farm a lot. You you Christians say honor thy father and mother, and so she had to make that tough decision. Like Thomas Sowell says, there's no solutions, only trade offs. She she Maybe. made uh, she made that decision. How hard would it be for her for one to move from Scotland to? I for the first time in my life now heard the guy she married is as I've always said more of an American than I am. He watches every American television show. He loves all American sports. He likes Yellowstone. For the first time ever, she said the other day that they have thought about when his parents, who are not in great shape, they're even older than my parents and they're very frail, uh, they may think about coming to America and getting out of lockdown crazy UK. But I hope they go to a place like Tennessee, Florida. Uh, Duncan loves Las Vegas. Um, don't go Nevada, to a state to, like Connecticut. <laughs> don't want to go to Nevada. I, uh, I would recommend uh, Texas. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't go to Arizona because of the prices of homes. Okay. A little unaffordable, okay. but I would say Texas. Okay. Utah, Wyoming, South Dakota, North Dakota. Yep, yep. Nebraska. Stay away from Colorado. Uh, maybe Oklahoma. Oh, uh, Oklahoma's nice. Yeah, may yeah. not be a bad place. Love to see that Scotsman in a, in a cowboy hat. Yeah, stay out of the left coast. Maybe it's maybe it's time for your sister and your her husband to like pick up and start walking. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Hit the top of the hour news. You keep saying you got something for me. Something you call love, but confess. You've been a messin' where you shouldn't have been a messin'. And now someone else is getting all your best. These boots are made for walking. And that's just what they'll do. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. This is the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. 
The Biden administration has shifted its focus to bolstering COVID-19 testing capacity around the United States as many Americans continue to face long lines at testing centers. This comes as the White House has dealt with backlash to federal vaccine mandates. New York Republican Representative Nicole Meliotakis says President Biden is misusing his resources to fight COVID. New York City hospitals have a shortage of monoclonal um, therapies as well. We're seeing the same in other states like Michigan. And I think that we need to focus the federal efforts on getting those treatments and therapeutics approved, uh, getting more of those monoclonal antibodies to the states. Over 2,500 flights were canceled on Tuesday as COVID-19 cases continue to surge throughout the country. You're listening to USA Radio News. Thank you. That's just a few of the Track Grabber owners saying thank you. Track Grabber is a unique and simple tool to add extreme traction to your car or truck when you need it. The Track Grabber patented extreme traction kit includes a mounting strap and traction blocks tough enough to lift you out of almost anywhere. Track Grabber extreme traction has long been the secret of the U.S. Border Patrol, the Department of Justice, the South Dakota Highway Patrol, and many more. Now, they're available to you. Be the hero this year. Give the gift of rescue. Skip the stuck. Don't have your loved ones waiting for help. Track Grabber installs as easily as a jumper cable. In minutes, you'll have the extreme traction to get on stable ground. All the details are at trackgrabber.com. That's T-R-A-C-G-R-A-B-B-E-R.com. That's trackgrabber.com. Use promo code ROCKSTAR for 20% off flights are limited. Trackgrabber.com. Use promo code ROCKSTAR. Home prices are continuing to increase across the United States. The S&P CoreLogic Case-Shiller U.S. National Home Price NSA Index reporting just over a 19% annual gain in October. Phoenix leading the way of all American cities with a 32% year-over-year increase in front of Tampa Bay and Miami, which both came in with an over 25% increase. Chief White House Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci is walking back comments he made considering vaccine mandates for domestic travel. Originally, he said it was reasonable to consider recommending the requirements to President Biden, but is now weighing in again on those comments this week on MSNBC. I did not say I support mandates on domestic flights. I said that is something that is on the table for consideration. I didn't say I support it or didn't support it. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hi, I'm Wayne Alaroost. If you like my radio show, you're going to love my podcast, War Raw. Each podcast, I present my top ten most outrageous, salacious, and controversial stories of the week. I break down the best of the best raw truth stories for conservatives, libertarians, patriots, taxpayers, Trumpers, and deplorables. Anyone who appreciates God, guns, gold, and tax cuts will stand up and cheer for War Raw. Check out this week's War Raw podcast right now. It's available to download at iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you listen to podcasts. War Raw. War Raw. The CDC is lowering estimates of COVID-19 Omicron cases throughout the United States. The agency originally estimated Omicron accounted for 73% of cases last week, and now we've brought that number down to 58%. 
The Delta variant is responsible for nearly all of the other cases in the country. This as on Monday, the CDC shortened the recommended time individuals need to isolate if they test positive for COVID-19. The agency cutting the time frame from 10 days to 5 as long as folks wear a mask around others for at least 5 more days. Dr. Kevin Campbell says that's the right move to make. You have a lot of positive tests that are people who are really not sick. So I think limiting that quarantine makes sense. We know that the virus is most transmissible in the first couple of days after symptoms uh, occur and a couple days after they occur. So I think that this makes a lot of sense to me. Taylor Swift is asking a federal judge to throw out a copyright infringement lawsuit. It argues Swift lifted elements from the 2001 3LW song, Play Is Gonna Play, in her song, Shake It Off. A hearing on Swift's request for the lawsuit to be tossed is scheduled for February 7th in Los Angeles. More news always can be found by going to usaradio.com or checking us out on Facebook at USA Radio. For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Burke. Maintaining your cutting equipment is essential to the longevity of your tools and the Albuquerque's macro-aggression, Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. I am Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk on AM 1600 KIV, talk.com 550-5500. We'll get to that precision sharpening uh, commercial here in a moment. Sorry, it started and, you know, the, the chaos just sets in. So notice we don't have a clock behind me anymore. The clock's now in there. And uh, that way these men can know what they're doing. Murder Mike is in there. We also got... Uh, Dowd Muska uh, as well. Coming. I was a little distracted. I was talking to uh, my young Michael here about the various uh, code classifications. It's it's uh, it's something that only a professional like Murder Mike could could uh, learn to the extent that he knows it. And uh, it's I, I imagine it would take me years to get up to speed on it. Actually, no, it's a it's relatively pretty similar. You just have to. It's just you hear it so much that it just becomes second nature. Oh, sure, kind of like yeah. muscle memory. But he was interesting because he was saying the EMS codes are more universalized, whereas the cop codes are particular to different municipalities. Right. Yeah. No, they are different uh, place to place, but the ones here are actually universally recognized in the quick reference dictionary. Uh, I have a number of little handy dandy books uh, right here by my side. Uh, Here's the quick reference owner's manual right there. Randall Bell. He was a UCLA economist and uh, he's, you know, I, I go through this stuff all the time, and you can thumb through so many things. You know, everything from, uh, you know, how to measure area, time, scientific <laughs> method you got here, how to tie knots, you, you've got that, how many calories you could burn. Uh, you need that on the desert island. That's first, a handy yeah, guide. First aid, it, it dowed this, this would be the book for, for every person. you got all of the uh, international airports with all the references, uh, their websites, uh, et cetera, the world around us. Then you've got uh, things like uh, income statements, uh, P&L statements, what that looks like. Decision charts, you know, Ooh. just because you have no idea how to visualize a, a decision, you can do that. And then revolutionary war timelines, army timelines, all those types of things. Can we send that, that page of what a profit and loss statement is to AOC? Because she apparently doesn't understand uh, any, anything. About well, she doesn't need to. She just spends more and more money. And uh, <laughs> blame rich people for having too much, uh, increased taxes and... Uh, there you go. Bob's your uncle. That's what uh, you get at the end of that. Uh, Murder Mike uh, here as well. Murder Mike, how are you? I am doing very well this afternoon. Thank you, Eddie. I, and I trust everybody had a happy uh, holidays. Well, we can't hear them. We're going we're gonna to trust that they did. Uh, yeah, they can't respond back. And, of course, uh, you, can, you can catch us uh, directly on 
Roku TV. Hey, those TVs are great. Uh, Amazon Fire TV and Apple TV. Don't forget, you can podcast uh, with us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. Everything is up and uh, running. Rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com are the two websites that you can visit from your phone and download the app immediately. We're on AM 1490 KRSN 107.1 in Los Alamos and 1490 in uh, Santa Fe and Los Alamos. So that is there uh, as well. Um, there we go. We just got, you know, I've got to just sort of handle this as much as I can when people are texting in. Uh, hi, Eddie. Are those a-holes still messing with your radio station? It hasn't worked for days. At least I can still get it on the app. That works just fine. Well, you just heard it, and uh, there we go. I'm a little bit uh, testy when it comes to uh, thoughts about everybody knows that. Like, if you start asking me about it, I've always been te- – like, as long as I can remember, you know, I've always been uh, that way. And, and certainly nobody knows uh, my testiness more than Murder Mike uh, on all of that. Uh, I'm very, very testy. Although Murder Mike just uh, dropped in. Uh, he became Little St. Nick uh, here in the studio because my boys enjoyed themselves you know, quite the uh, Christmas offering from uh, young Murder Mike. I did know, notice that as today's Denzel's birthday, yes, he's 67, and next month you will be 71 years of age. That's correct, at the end of the month. And still staying up until 8 a.m. every day. I mean, <laughs> he uh, nodded off, he told me last night, around 2 or 3. reminding you that every day. Yeah, one of the things we're going to have to do with you in the new year is, uh, well, we'll talk about that. Uh, Shock collar, maybe, like, you know, <laughs> when he starts to nod off around 2.30, zap him awake again to keep listening to that scanner. Well, I yeah. Know, I know my father used to say he would trade me for a horse and then shoot the horse, so I don't know. <laughs> Oh, wow. That was strong. Man, that was uh, tough. All right. Uh, speaking of holidays and holiday party, let's continue with more of this. We talked about the Democrats, and I realize that you don't want to talk about the room, but it's, it's fun to make fun of Democrats. It is absolutely fun because they've been wrong on all the Rona stuff. They really have. And some of these red states are becoming more blue. You see that happen. Uh, you know, obviously the left coast is there, and it's bleeding over into Nevada and Arizona, and obviously it, it's here. But Folks, there are still places to run to. There are still places to go. But the Connecticut Democrat Governor's Holiday Party, Dow, this is your home it is. state. It is. It is. Ned. Not my current Ned. state. Yeah, Ned. Uh, this guy had a holiday party. How'd it go? Yeah, uh, Governor Ned. Uh, oh, don't get me started on Governor Ned. I, t- I will say this, ladies and gentlemen. Ned Lamont, the financier, moonbat, uh, progressive uh, Democrat who uh, took on Joe Lieberman years ago and then eventually became governor of Connecticut, we had a Holy Land Park outside Waterbury, Connecticut, where there was a huge crucifix or huge cross up on the top of a hill. And when he was driving around uh, Connecticut, running for various offices, he eventually won the governorship. Uh, the lights went out on the huge cross in Waterbury, and he paid for the restoration of the lights to that cross. You know, a broken clock is right twice a day, and I'm in a lot of I'm sure devout Christians in Connecticut who look at that cross at night. Of all people to 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 pay for the lights to replace that, I'll, I will always give that to Ned Lamont. I will give him nothing else. Uh, holiday party the governor, the great governor, uh, had earlier this month at his private home, and it was a spreader event. Maybe not a super oh. spreader event. Funny, uh, oh, the governor. I thought you were going in a different direction with this. This is—I thought we were this not FCC complaint. Oh no, no, no. Uh, and his wife—they uh, tested negative uh, multiple times since the December 11th uh, party. But others, <clears throat> all par- despite all party attendees required to provide proof of COVID vaccination and negative test, apparently uh, they spread the Rona. And the uh, communications director, I believe, former uh, alleged journalist, I believe Max Reese, uh, is not saying so much. He did not confirm whether the Connecticut governor and first lady wore masks the entire time. Uh, Connecticut recently rolled out digital COVID vaccination cards 
Last month, uh, the governor stated that he believes that uh, unboosted people are not fully vaccinated. Quote, if you were vaccinated more than six months ago, you're not fully vaccinated. Uh, meanwhile, the state has attained, I believe, uh, it's 87 percent uh, vaccination status uh, in New Mexico, I mean, in Connecticut, my home state, 87 percent. And uh, like every state, the cases are going up there. Thank you to the Omicron. Where Mike, have you been uh, vaccinated? Negative. I refuse wow. to. Wow. I will not get it vaccinated, and I don't intend to get it vaccinated. So, how ugly have your medical professionals gotten with you? Have oh, they really on my case yeah. a little bit? You know, yeah. well, you really need to get vaccinated. Yeah. I said, no, I really don't need to. You know, hmm. and I'll wait and see what happens. So, far, all right, uh, let, let me let me ask you, uh, Murder Mike. Do you think you you think the infections are higher in uh, I don't know a place like New Mexico or a place like China? Uh. I wouldn't. I'm, boy, you got me on that one. I would no. I would say China. They're about the so. same, actually. Oh, yeah, really? they're very, very, very similar because you know New Mexico is pretty communist, and uh, we have a zero COVID policy uh, with all the media. And the, it's working I mean, really well. Yeah, is it really, really well? Um, how's it working in China, Dow? According to this, <laughs> the well, uh, COVID uh, zero COVID policy with harsh lockdowns is losing the battle against the Omicron variant. Yes, uh, give give the British British press, of course, press here won't do their job. The British press uh, are reporting the country has the world's strictest strategy uh, with the most recent, uh, let's see, it's falling behind the battle against the Omicron variant. Uh, 13 million residents in the city of Xi'an, I think it is. Xi'an. Xi'an, 200 cases were recorded uh, as the highly transmissible uh, Omicron, as our president would say, variant hit China. The country's homegrown vaccines are proving insufficient against the strain putting under threat the Beijing Olympics, what a shame that would be, uh, slated for February. Uh, a string of hugely positive studies show Omicron is milder than other strains, with the first official UK report revealing the risk of hospitalization is 50 to 70% lower than the Delta. Meanwhile, China is responding, same old, same old. They want zero cases. I guess Minnie Mao on the fourth floor in Santa Fe as taking after her uh, ideological friends over there in the Middle Kingdom, (laughs) the People's Republic. Uh, The country's strategy sees entire buildings or areas sealed, even if one case case. is reported. They seal it down. They lock it up. 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 Lock it it in. Uh, The borders are sealed to prevent any new variants with mass testing and contract tracing. But not going so well. Uh, a fellow, uh, the director, actually, of the Center for Epidemic, uh, Ep- Epidemic Response and Innovation in South Africa has warned that the zero COVID policy in China or anywhere else will not work. He tweeted, quote, China will have great difficulty with Omicron and zero COVID policy. They may need to join the rest of the world with mitigation strategies. Mm, yeah. Mitigation, uh, I guess. Great lo- Barrington Declaration. Wait, wait, wait. Lockdown does not is mitigation. Lockdown is not a mitigation strategy. Uh, no, it is a wildly oh. unrealistic. Uh, Chinese <laughs> officials here are facing punishment for failing to prevent control of the virus after the outbreak. Uh, the Central Commission for Discipline Inspection said in a statement, facing punishment for failing to prevent control of the virus. Mm. So that's why they're locking people in their homes, locking down cities. And uh, basically, I don't know, are they taking their cue from our governor? Or is you our governor will do taking as we say from... or we lock you up. There are your COVID when papers. you don't lock up at home, we lock you up in our prisons <laughs> and we connect you to Remdesivir vents. In America, you can always find the party. The mm. Soviet Union party finds you. <laughs> yeah. In, in, in China, lockdown finds you. Uh, by the way, I, you know, we, we should talk a little bit about marriage because uh, I did reference it uh, quite a bit yesterday, uh, which was you know, kind of interesting. You know, the divorce rates, because they're just skyrocketing right now. The COVID 
And do you know the you know who's not lacking for work right now? Divorce attorneys, <laughs> private investigators. Like, people really do hate each other. I just want to let you know, there's almost no happy marriages out there, ladies and gentlemen. Don't 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 kid yourself here. Okay, it's not a realistic expectation, but you do have a happy opportunity to work on your relationships and your marriages, and I think that that's good. So if you can rein that in, uh, you know, who has the highest divorce rate in the world, Russia. Three out of four people. My goodness. Three out of four people. You know, China's divorce rate is just below America's. Wow. It's at 48%. Now, what do those two countries have in common with the United States? More wealth and more government dominance. The more the government can sort of take over. And, of course, you know, like I think in, uh, you know, uh, black households, I think uh, seven out of ten, right? Divorce, right? Or, you know, childless, whatever. Born out of wedlock. Yeah, out out of wedlock, right? So it's just kind of crazy. So I was looking at this. I'm like, well, I was kind of interested. Well, you know, what, what is it? Since they constantly are touting, you know, racism and all these types of things or, you know, which, you know, the divorce rate in third world countries, it's like 12 percent, 15 percent. They're more traditional. Nobody They're, gets yeah. nobody gets divorced in traditional countries. Oh, and in Muslim countries, it's like 3 percent. I mean, yeah, nobody yeah, gets yeah, divorced. Yeah, 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 like what what is going on over here? And so, how, somehow we're more evolved. Huh? I, I just but this is on. something Pat Buchanan wrote 20 years ago, and of course, all the neocons went after him like crazy. And Pat said, "What are we offering the Muslim world? Britney Spears, uh, 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 inner cities racked by violence and out of wedlock births, a, a horrible, uh, you know, a horrible culture uh, that, that, that celebrates, you know, laziness, rap music." And so rap, he was basically yes, saying this kind of neocon triumphalism: "We're going to go to the Muslim world. We're going to con- convert those one billion people to." democracy and 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 science and enlightenment and pat was asking some tough questions 20 years ago and i think after all of our encounters in iraq and afghanistan how did that project go to to, to bring the muslim world uh up to current first world development standards that's uh, such an incredible point yes, because it was a you know, deep we, point. we don't have anything to offer you know any of these places yeah. and uh you know china uh you know russia any place where the government can be dominant uh the united states you know you have high covid cases and even higher divorce rates. Uh, kind of, kind of, uh, kind of amazing. Not that there's a direct correlation. Uh, but a suicide rate that's going up. Mm. A drug abuse problem that's actually mental getting health worse. issues. Mental health issues. What, what do we really offer? We may, we may offer the Muslim world wealth. We certainly have electricity and iPhones. But it's like Biggie said, more money, more problems. <laughs> he right? was a wise man. Big Biggie and uh, Pappy Kinn together. Yeah, right? great I think philosophers. That was it. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's look at let's look at this uh, vaccine escaping the uh, this is very interesting uh, mutations uh, vaccine escape mutations yes we know that it's if you lean into it Dr Paul Alexander said remember they lean you don't vaccinate into a pandemic he said you guys remember that mm-hmm. I almost want to hear that again like Great it not only stood up so well it is the truth heard on this station yeah will saying. become a major mechanism of transmission this is according to the Washington Times. More people you vaccinate, the greater the number of the vaccine-resistant mutations you are likely to get. The less durable the vaccinations will become, ever more powerful vaccines will have to be developed, and individuals will be exposed to more and more virulent risks. The entire population has been trained via universal vaccination strategy to have the same basic immune response. Then, once a viral escape mutant is selected, it will rapidly spread through the entire population. Hey, that prediction looks. 
This was made in early August by Dr. Robert Malone, uh, and we've mentioned Peter Navarro, Peter Navarro uh, someone I don't like, and yeah. he's a protectionist, but boy, w- did he team up with Robert Malone and get this one right back in August. Oh, re- uh, by the way, Real America's Voice, that's where you'll see Navarro almost oh, all over. the time. Yeah. Uh, he has uh, written the, uh, a, a great book on Donald Trump, and then Bob Malone, you know, where uh, he comes from, from the... Uh, uh, the discoverer or the uh, yep. the vaccine originator yep. Uh, yep. of all yep. this and says that we should not be vaccinating children, much less anybody else. So uh, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. So is there any empirical developments that this is happening with COVID vaccines? According to the science, which is now coming forth, yes, according to a paper published from the Journal of Physical Chemistry, Rui Wang and colleagues analyzed the COVID-2, SARS-CoV-2 genetic sequence data from the list first 10 months of 2021 and identified one particular viral mutation that has the vaccine escape properties. It goes by the catchy name of Y449S. They tracked it over in time in 14 different countries with high vaccination rates and found its frequency was correlated with the percentage of people vaccinated as shown in the figures here that you cannot see on radio below. It became more prevalent as the percentage of people vaccinated went up, hence more people being infected. It's very likely that the people who are now infected with COVID-19, whatever variant they are, is likely because of the Y449S here. Once most people around the world have acquired antibodies from either vaccination or infection, vaccine and immune, immune escape mutations will become a major mechanism of transit of, of transmission. That's so not that's, what Rachel Maddow told us nine months yeah, ago. No, she uh, certainly didn't. So, um, you know, Dr. Paul Alexander, uh, we had these the vaccine sheddings. I, I think... I don't know how I don't go into this like every single time. Uh, it's just, it's that good. How about we just do it one last time for old time's sakes? Is, can never hear it. Yeah, is that, is that, is that fair? Can we do that? That way we can, you know, know that we, we heard it. We heard it way before anybody else. Uh, let's uh, take a listen. This is Dr. Paul Alexander. Uh, we're going to go here in just uh, a few, about, I don't know, eight, nine minutes on this. Hey, thank you guys for having me on your show. I'm an infectious diseases epidemiologist with uh, expertise in COVID. I've been working in this for about 19 months. So I wanted to just raise the points here. Um, Our focus, my work is in early treatment, which is that uh, early treatment existed, uh, absent of the vaccine that we could have used to close this thing out. I'm saying here openly, I'm sharing my view based on all of the science right now, children, are not candidates for these vaccines under any circumstance. They've not been safety tested, the vaccines. They provide no opportunity for benefit for children, only potential opportunity for harms. And we are seeing the harms that have emerged in the CDC's VAERS database. And the adverse events, the deaths, this is a very serious issue. And children have a natural protection that if we bypass it and we inject into the deltoid, into the arm, we could get levels of death occurring in children in the United States, similar to what we're seeing in the adults reported in the CDC's adverse database, which only captures 1%. And already we have 14,000 deaths. The purpose of this call is this. When we look at the Israeli data today, we see that the Israel implemented its booster program, two shots, August 1. When we plot the graphs, we saw that the infections were going up steadily. But what is very interesting and staggering is, if you look at August 1 onwards to now, you see that the infections have exploded. 
In fact, what it what is showing is that the booster program, the third shot, not only did not stop the transmission, it exploded the transmission. And we are arguing that the vaccinated persons are carrying such a high viral load in their in their mouths, in their oral cavities, and nasal pharyngeal passage. They are contributing to the spread. This is not a pandemic of the unvaccinated. This has been false by the CDC and NIH. This is a pandemic of the vaccinated. Because when you look at the data out of UK, <clears throat> most updated data is up to date. We see that the persons who have died infected with Delta, 70% of the deaths reported by Britain today, today, are those who are double vaccinated. So what the media is saying is a complete misleading to the public. And there's a recent study, very seminal, out of Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. <clears throat> they had 69 healthcare workers who were confined to their facility for two weeks, locked down. And these healthcare workers were double vaccinated. <clears throat> what did they find? They find with this lockdown that um, the healthcare workers all transmitted the virus to each other because they typed the virus molecularly to see. So the spread was within that facility. But more importantly, the research published in Lancet showed that the healthcare workers had a viral load 251 times, 251 times viral load for the Delta. But Paul, can I ask, Paul, can I ask you how, just, and just so, because for everyone listening, you're, you've called in, you said you're an epidemiologist based in Canada. Clearly, you're very conversant in the studies and the situation going on here. How is it yes. possible medically? Let's just say possible, not proven yet, that somebody who would be vaccinated could have 250 times more viral particle than somebody who's unvaccinated exposed to the virus. Can you just give us an understanding of how that could happen? Well, we, okay, but first of all, I do have expertise since I live in the United States. I'm in Toronto today. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought you were Canadian, uh, Canada-based. Go, so, go ahead. Um, yeah, no, no, but, but, but hold on. I'm an infectious disease epidemiologist. Okay, the reality is that we've always known that you never, ever vaccinate during an ongoing epidemic or pandemic. That is a virologist's greatest fear because you drive the emergence of the, the variants and the mutations. It is vaccination. You are putting evolutionary selection pressure on the pathogen, and it is selecting variants that are highly more infectious, not lethal, because it does not want to kill the host. It wants to survive. So it's mutating downwards. Mueller's ratchet. It will mutate downwards. Highly infectious, and those that are highly infectious very ease of transmission will be selected forward. And those are the ones that are going to be the new dominant variant. So we were doing that. We always had about 12 variants in the background that uh, in India, et cetera. And India vaccinated with the Sinovac, as an example. And then the Delta spread. It became the dominant variant for exactly how I just explained. And then what we're realizing now is the, the Pfizer vaccine that we have existing right now in the United States Clearly in Israel, because Pfizer vaccine is the Israeli vaccine, it just does not hit the Delta anymore. The, the Delta bypasses the antibodies that the, that the vaccine produces. So you are literally at zero. When you take a vaccine today, you need to understand something. The Wuhan strain, the Wuhan, the original strain, February 2020, was what Operation Warp Street built those vaccines on. What we have existing today is the Delta variant. That Wuhan is long gone, a year now. 
doesn't exist. You are being vaccinated for the vaccine that will fail. I want you to listen to my words, will fail. And those doing it, those in public health, the medical doctors know this. There is no vaccine that could confer immunity, like naturally acquired immunity. Those with natural immunity, and, and another thing to show you, Gazette et al. just published a paper, preprint, out of Israel. And why Israel again is because Israel was the first out of the box with Pfizer, has the most complete data, the most population vaccinated today. They just published a study that was stunning, and it should turn this whole vaccine issue on its head now and should stop this garbage by the CDC and NIH about natural immunity is not a prominent issue and doesn't really exist. That is bogus BS. So let me just ask you, this is this, you've obviously shared a lot of information from your perspective with us, Paul. Let me just I'm ask you this. Science is not my perspective. This yeah. Is raw okay. Data. I'm just giving you the side that you don't hear. I, I appreciate that. Is it your perspective then, based on your knowledge and expertise, that the only way to end COVID in the United States or anywhere in the world is natural immunity? Well, first of all, to answer, I appeared on Rush three times before. God bless him. I admire that man. Anyway, let me answer your question. The only way to end this today with the Delta is this. We strongly double down, triple down protection of the high-risk elderly in the nursing homes. For the first time, we have never done it in the United States, Canada, Britain. Our nursing homes have been the killing field. We need to step up and do it first. That is primary. While we are protecting the elderly for the first time, we implement some quick public service on vitamin D, telling the public, get your house in order fitness-wise, cut 15 to 20 pounds. Obesity has emerged as the principal superloaded risk factor. Third, while we are doing that, we offer the elderly in the nursing homes early outpatient treatment. We have antivirals that work. We give it to them if they get infected. Why? We will get them through the infection. They will clear it. They will become naturally immune and survive. No hospitalization or death. That's the problem. When we put them in the hospital, they will die. At the emergency room door, you're at 40% increased risk. And fourth, the last part of this puzzle is you allow the rest of the society, the infants, the children, the teenagers, the young, the middle-aged who are healthy and well. You allow the well in society to live a largely unfettered life, free, no masks, free, and let them face the pathogen like we've done for every pathogen. They will become population level naturally immune. And there is no vaccine, not there you go. narrow spike specific conferred vaccine immunity. So quarantine is- only those who are high risk. Fat people, old people, and uh, hopefully you're okay there. Uh, fat people, old people. I was so excited. I mean, uh, he was we, so right. Yeah, yeah, I think it is sort of exciting, isn't it? Isn't it exciting to hear this? It's Early a, September, a, he was saying. This. It was a breath of fresh air. Yeah, and September, and September 9th is when all this stuff uh, came out, yep. when he showed up on the Clay and Buck show. And, and folks, you can find it at clayandbuck.com. Epidemiologists calls in a whirlwind of information. I'll have it in the show notes tonight, too. And it's been exactly right every single time. All the way right down the line. So uh, there you go, folks. I, I think it just bears repeating. And, you know, I feel like we've got to push back because the war is here. Uh, 2022 is going to get worse if you let it. Uh, your politicians are not fighting back, ladies and gentlemen. They're not picking up on any of this information. So we have to do it. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry if sometimes it's redundant or you've heard it before, but I am getting nine out of 10 comments that are coming in and saying, thank you for playing this. Thank you for playing this. Thank you for playing this. We have to hear more and more about this and we're going to continue to do it. By the way, AM 1600 will be up, uh, hopefully up on uh, Thursday night. We appreciate uh, everybody uh, right here. One of my very favorite uh, Beatles songs, ladies and gentlemen. And that's what I'd like to do with, of course, the virus. And uh, listen here, and we will tell you how to handle it. 531 back and forth. Chocolate, vanilla, fudge with fruit, nuts, cream jelly, mouth-watering, tingling, sensational, and I need it right now. Not just from anywhere. It must be the Candy Lady in Old Town, and they'll even deliver. Check out the Candy Lady at CandyLady.com. Hi, I'm Kevin with Futons and Frames. We've been doing business in Albuquerque for over 30 years. We have the largest selection of futon frames in the state. Our futons are made right here in the USA. So if quality, service, and knowledge of product matter to you, then come on down to 4311 Manal or call us at 881-6863. No matter where your journey starts, it will end at Ann Matthews Bridal, where you will get to say yes to the dress. The Ann Matthews selection from nine top designers, including the Disney collection to 18 different lines, brings the shopping experience of New York and Dallas right here to Albuquerque. Call 890-3736 for your own personal shopping experience. Ann Matthews Bridal, 890-3736. Located across the street from Coronado Center at 6121 Manal Boulevard. Don't forget to tell your friends, family, and your world what your favorite radio station is. The Rock of Talk at abq.fm and am1600kiva. The Kiva, here in Albuquerque. In our increasingly busy world, it is always nice to take a little time to sit down and relax. At Monty's Cigar Shop, we offer everything to help you do just that. There's nothing better than spending time smoking a great premium cigar with family and friends. 
Monty specializes in artisanal, hand-rolled cigars that make up just 2% of the worldwide cigar market. With over 2,000 different kinds of the absolute best cigars for you to choose from, you are guaranteed to find the perfect fit. Whether you've been smoking cigars for years or you're just starting out, we'll find the right cigar for you. Stop by and see us at 3636 San Mateo in Albuquerque or give us a call at 505-881-7999. That's 505-881-7999. Hey! It's Eddie Aragon. The staff at ABQ Guns stands for your Second Amendment rights, but they believe other freedoms are under attack by the governor's orders. Small businesses are bearing the weight of those health orders, and ABQ Guns believes she owns our state's economic collapse. ABQ Guns urges you to shop local for firearms, ammo, and accessories. Stop by the shop in Riverside Plaza, on Coors, north of Montano, or visit shop.abqguns.com. ABQ Guns, defenders of your freedom. Get the daily news dropped to your inbox every morning at 4 a.m. Sign up now at rockoftalk.chat. Get the conservative calendar, top 10 clips, and links of the day. Local U.S. and global news briefings, all at rockoftalk.chat. Hi, I'm Walt Arnold with Sperry Van Ness Commercial Real Estate. When considering your options and locating the right space for your business, call the experts at Sperry Van Ness, 256-1255. That's 256-1255. Or visit us on the web at waltarnold.com. Looking for a full-service landscaping company that can design, build, and maintain your landscape? True West Landscape is the company for you. Whether you are a property manager or homeowner looking for that quality weekly service, True West is here to help. Contact the True West team of professionals today so we can show you our quality service options at 505-395-7770, 505-395-7770, or visit online at truewestgroup.com. Hi, this is Mark Minicucci with the Minicucci Insurance Agency. We are privately held and locally owned. We market property and casualty insurance products and risk management services primarily to a variety of companies located within New Mexico and the surrounding states. We are able to meet the needs of a large international company as well as small local businesses. We focus on construction, onshore energy, defense contractors, healthcare, professional liability, and a variety of other industries. Call us today at 883-3683, 883 883- Three six eight three. walking away. It was time he had decided to end his larger-than-life run as the most widely celebrated sports broadcaster America has ever known, and as the voice most associated with the National Football League. His love of the game was so extraordinary and so genuine, and then he was able to translate that to millions of viewers in a way that was really made him special. Hey, wait a minute. 
His was a genuine exuberance, each boom and wham a natural expression of his unrelenting passion for football. It brings from the outside and boom, two up the middle. He took viewers inside, explaining what he saw and what it meant. Did you see that club that he put on the gun? Kendall Simmons came down and he just clubbed him right there, boom, with his left arm. If you want to be a nose tackle in life, that's the way to play it. All the while making it insightful for even the most knowledgeable fan and entertaining for all of us. We don't know where this thing is going to end up today, though. The idea that you could have fun and that you could laugh. See how heat does come out the top of your head? Look at it, just coming off his Nate's head there. You could have a barbecue on that head. What's this stuff back here? That has to be his report. Look, there's a fish going by. A fish just flew yeah. right by his head. And it just translated into this wonderful, fun broadcast. He was informed by his own experience on the sidelines and boundless dedication to the craft, the endless rolls of film, the countless conversations. It all adds up to 30 years at four different networks, 16 Emmys, 11 Super Bowls, tremendous impact. I think John made the game of football more interesting and more relevant to more people and more entertaining than anybody ever. But more than anything, Madden's success as America's favorite football broadcaster derived from his pure love of the game. No one enjoyed watching football more. And no one enjoyed talking about it more. And if you give him a lane in there, a pass rush lane, he'll take it. You see that hole right there? He sees it and knows that he can get all the way to the goal line with it. I just look at John as a man who... Uh who was lucky to have football in his life, but I think football was luckier to have John in its life. He was a broadcast giant with a common touch. An everyman announcer who constantly connected with everyday fans. Crisscrossing the country for nearly a quarter century, nearly two million miles in his famous bus. He just treat people nice. You know, he didn't change because uh, you were who you were. He stayed the same because he was who he is. And so it's time. The day after Christmas, John and his wife, Virginia, will celebrate their 50th anniversary. He'll be home for this one, unlike the many he missed while on the road for football. And there'll be more time now for his boys, Mike and Joe, and their families especially his five grandchildren. And for the first time in 42 years, a pro football season will kick off without John Madden. He really helped us grow the game. He was such an incredible partner, and he did it in a, a very special way, and that's why John Madden will always be uh, special to the NFL. You know, when I was working with John for seven years, I could always count on him. It's something that I'll always treasure, and my only regret is that they weren't 27. I hope one day that somebody may compare me as a broadcaster to John Madden. That would be a great honor, but if I could ever be compared with John Madden, the man, that would be really something to treasure. He'll keep the bus, and his name will remain on the world's most popular video game. 
We'll also see him here and there on television. But we won't see John Madden working in a broadcast booth again. But that's okay. Simply because, as he simply put it, it's time. Today at the age of 85, but alive forever with his NFL broadcast, his spirit, and uh, I think the one and only one and only. Let me tell you how amazing this man is. He just passed away uh, about an hour ago. And uh, I was actually, I just said this the other day. I said, John Madden's, I just ran a special on him two days ago. And it's funny because, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's like he could hear him, hear himself. He's like the greatest go out just uh they went out <clears throat> and i gotta say i'm a pretty this is maybe the last time i really watched nfl football when he was around mm. nfl football has really nfl football has only been good because of just a very few people i mean really as of late and of course i'm going to say tom brady folks and of course <laughs> i'm right. going to say john madden of course i'm going to say you know the very best i mean the worst uh, of the worst are of course that they don't even bear their names repeating on a day like today um john madden um, my gosh, when you think about, you know, every good moment that you watched in the early aughts or even the nineties, he was there for every one of those. And he won the Super Bowl as coach of the Oakland Raiders. And that of course is the Chris Berman reference, uh, there six time Emmy award winner, top 50 all time sports network, sports dancers, number two, really number one. Um, there's never going to be another like, uh, John Madden again, Every time you watched a, you know, an NFL game, you were missing that guy. <laughs> Boy. So, anyway. You know, there's um, so much to be said for enthusiasm. You know, I'm an analyst. Yeah. But when you're around somebody, and even if they're discussing something you don't really know, I, right. I'll go back to Eddie. He brought the, you in. The time you interviewed the guy who hit the hole-in-one. I know nothing. I know very little about golf, and I don't play golf, but... When you're telling a story where you're enthusiastic about your subject, it really just brings that listener or that viewer in. And John Madden did that better than anybody. He um, he boasts the single greatest winning percentage of any coach in the Super Bowl era. Wow. Literally the best coach of all time. Without even... Take that, Belichick. Without, <laughs> without you even thinking twice. Well, Belichick can't say Belichick anymore because it was all Brady. 103-32-7, one of the top NFL coaches of all time because of the legacy left behind. One of the most recognizable voices, names. His name is synonymous with the NFL. Um, he has never had a losing season as a coach, folks. His last season was 9-7. and seven. He went out like that. His uh, 76 Raiders team didn't quite make the cut for the greatest NFL teams of all time. But the Super Bowl winning Raiders squad was one of the greatest ever to play the game. And a lot of his NFL, you know, stress levels and health issues uh, led to him leaving the NFL uh, coaching board and commenting for all this. And for that, we are forever indebted. I mean, you know, what I'd like for you to cross reference this. And I don't know much about this, but I'd like to know every or any, if there are any, any Madden commentary Super Bowls, any Madden Super Bowls with Tom Brady. And I will now consider that the greatest Super Bowl of all time. 
Um, and I think that's the way to, to look at that. Um, I consider the uh, Patriots over the Falcons when they came back down 28 to three to win that. I consider that the, the greatest NFL game of all time. Cause you'll never see that again. You'll never see that. Again. But if there's any uh, Brady Madden games, I think those will be uh, right there. So rest in peace, John Madden. And uh, wow. I uh, got to say, I mean, nobody did it better than John Madden and nobody ever will do it again. And the NFL will never be the same. One can only wonder what he might have been thinking about the NFL over the last four years, five years, and how woke it became. I think that's something that's important uh, to think about uh, as well. 550-5500 if you want to text in. Um, uh, Madden called the first Brady Super Bowl. Uh, I believe that was the 2001. between uh, the Rams and the Pats. Uh, 2002, February, for the 2001 season, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So right off, right off the bat, Madden was the color commentator for the first Brady Super Bowl. Any others? Uh, I'm, I'm continuing to look. I'm wondering. Uh, this is, by the way, this is out of Dowd's wheelhouse. So for him even to look at this stuff uh, is quite the uh, privilege. All right, let's check in with Murder Mike while Dowd. Uh, uh, does some of the research there, but uh, yeah, John Madden dead at the age of 85 years uh, of age today. So love you, John Madden. I think everybody would agree with that. He will be missed. Yep, absolutely. He was. What do you? He was missed, wasn't he? Oh, Murder yeah, Mike. He was like you, maybe you didn't watch. You don't watch uh, NBA basketball because Michael Jordan isn't playing. You don't watch golf because Tiger Woods ain't playing. You don't watch NFL football anymore because John Madden isn't making the calls. I only watch Tom Brady game. That's it. I don't watch anything else. Nobody watches uh, the NBA without uh, Bird and Magic, uh, as, as far as I'm concerned, or with uh, with Michael Jordan. You just don't see it anymore. It's just it's just not there. And uh, I don't care what these modern people say or what they think about it. Uh, the sport was uh, at its height when we knew it couldn't be DVR recorded, uh, replayed, contested. Uh, or somehow refereed uh, into some level of uh, submission. So it's sports is just I hate I hate to say it, but it's true. Sports is just not enjoyable anymore. It is not enjoyable. I do miss. There is more magic. fun watching children. I'm going to be coaching my my uh, my son's basketball team. I cannot tell you how elated I am about that. <laughs> you are. Like, right I I coached five years at the Ghost. I coach a lot of basketball. I know a lot of basketball. I know a lot of uh, football. Don't throw any chairs, in, man. <laughs> yeah, you'll never see. Bobby Knight is uh, Bobby Knight is kind of a disgusting guy, even though he did support Trump. I, I never, was never a fan of him uh, at all. Um, I did like the Hoosiers back when they went uh, undefeated uh, back in the day with uh, Zaya Thomas. I think it was uh, eighty-one. But I mean, you got to you got to think of it this way. For seventy-nine, I, I think you got to think of it this way. Um, Everybody used to gather around for a sporting event. Indeed. You knew it when it was happening. Three quarters of the country, half the country. There wasn't anybody watching <clears throat> Yellowstone or 18 or any of this other crap that people are watching. And, and, and folks, you're just, no offense to you, but total offense to you. You're wasting your life. Wait for the entire season to, to do it and then binge watch it over two or three days. Do it, do it that way, honestly. Like, we don't need to watch the cliffhangers and you know, you got people like Faith Hill and Tim McGraw and all these people who are, you know, now suddenly actors like, you know, you're musicians, like focus on what your specialty is. Like that, that's what we want from you, you know, and, and Madden focused on football. 
You know, you know these people by the one thing that they did, and they did it better than anybody else. And we all just went at one time, and people were yelling and screaming, and it all happened, and it all carried us all at once. That kept the country united. Pastimes from baseball to football to basketball to hockey to whatever event, Olympic event, it all happened at one time. And the, the, the people who were able to capture that, the, as you mentioned, Dow, the enthusiasm, people who were able to kind of put the stamp on it and capture the spirit of that moment it will forever be indebted to because they made the call. And I don't care if it's, uh, you know, do you believe in miracles going to the Al Michaels back in 1980? Like you will tear up and cry and think about that. If it's Muhammad Ali punching out, uh, you know, um, George Foreman and the rope-a-dope. I mean, these are events, folks, that will never, ever be matched. The 83 event at the pit with Phi Slamma Jamma and NC State in Houston never be matched. You young people will never understand the level of enthusiasm that I had as an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, and watching that happen here, right? And it's like, is that at the pit? Yeah, it's right down the street. I was eight years old when that happened. Jimmy Valvano running around, pandemonium. I mean, these are, these are events that you'll never capture and you'll never understand. And I don't care how many ESPN versions of going back and looking at this with the soft music and the commentary and the tear-jerking, emotional, heart It's never going to match never going to match what was uh, really the height of, of the sporting world, which was the 80s, 90s, and the uh, maybe the aughts in uh, all of that. Any other uh, Super Bowls? Nope, that was the only one. That according was the to only Wikipedia. One. So uh, Tom's first and John Madden's uh, only Tom Brady. I guess Madden did one more uh, a couple of years later, but it wasn't wasn't one of the Pat seasons. So, uh, boy, go back and watch that one if you can find it online. Uh, uh, Madden calling Brady's first Super Bowl. <laughs> Epic. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, I, I think it bears. We're going to go straight to the top of the uh, hour, and then uh, uh, Murder Mike, I promise we'll get we'll get with you. But you know, here's the uh, here's the I mean, literally the final drive, 2002, that uh, the dynasty was born, February 3rd, 2002. In fact, uh, I even remember this. Let's go and listen to it right now. I think that the Patriots with this field position. You have to just run the clock out. You have to play for overtime now. I don't think you want to force anything here. You don't want to do anything stupid because you have no timeouts and you're backed up. Brady's in the shotgun, and he's going to throw it. Nothing stupid. Gets it up. The J.R. Redmond has complete. It's out to the 21. Now, I would, you know, I don't, I don't agree with what the Patriots are doing right here. I would, I would, I, I would play for overtime. If I had good field position, I wouldn't. But in this field position, I would play for overtime. Now, just a minute. They have no timeouts left. Brady again throws. That's the Redmond again. And that'll move the sticks, but that doesn't stop the clock. Well, Tom Brady, he wants to get him lined up so he can just throw the ball down and stop the clock as he did right there. Forty-one seconds, seventeen, seventeen points. This guy's really cool, though. I mean, I. I've been impressed watching Tom Brady on film and you know in television games and so on, but the way he's playing this game today, he has been very, very impressive with his calmness. Then a Terry listening on the sideline. You know, they need they need about 
20, they need about 40 more yards before they're going to be in field goal. Notice range. they're not filtering in the crowd sounds. This is natural crowd. There's Brady. Not much pressure. Throws out to Redmond again. Redmond gets the first down. And getting the first down is that he got out of bounds and stopped the clock, and and now I kind of like what the Patriots are doing. <laughs> Just look at that. Um, have some well, never unpleasant memories in some ways and some pleasant. He when he was <laughs> in that other overtime game back in 1958, because I was playing. Well, the Rams are getting a little too loose, I think, with their defense. When they had them backed up, you think they would have pressured them a little more. Here they, Here they come. come. Here they come. And Brady throws. Incomplete. He just got rid of it. Pressured by Tommy Polly. You're going to see here that they're going to they're going to overload this side, and they're coming from the blitz right here. They have two free rushers, and Tom Brady better get rid of that ball. This wouldn't happen since that fumble return which was called back due to a penalty. 10-09 in the fourth, and the Rams have outscored. To say that penalty was large, and it's been. 14 nothing for the Rams that's since right. that point. That's right. Here's Brady again. Up the middle of top, and it's Troy Brown, and he gets out of bounds, and they might be in Vinatieri's range with 21 seconds left. This this is amazing. This is, is something, and, and I'll admit that as a, as a coach and as an analyst, I don't think they should have done, but they had the guts. They have a young quarterback, and they did it. They were backed up. They were inside their own 20. They had no timeouts left, and they're calling these plays, and, and not only calling these plays, but making these plays. At some point, when you're in the Super Bowl, you have to let it all hang out. And I'll say this, Charlie Weiss and this, and this, and this, and this Patriot team, they are letting it all hang out. Right now, it would be a 53-yarder. Here comes the blitz, and here's Brady. He dumps it to Wiggins down to the 30, and now no question about it. They are in range, but they've got to hurry. Maybe he can spike it right here and stop the clock. That's what he'll do. He'll spike it here. Seven seconds. They got military in range. I'll tell you, with Tom Brady, this kid gives me goosebumps. He has certainly got plenty of distance. I was watching him before the game, and he was... Well, he pulled that one in pregame, but most of them he hit in pregame, and he doesn't miss many. This would be from 48 yards out. And this this has been a year about Vinatieri and, and making some great kicks against the Raiders. Two of the greatest kicks that I've ever seen in my life. Here comes one of greater importance if he makes it, and it's right down the pipe. Adam Vinatieri. No time on the clock, and the Patriots have won Super Bowl 36. Unbelievable. That's the way you should win a Super Bowl. Wow, there it is. The only call there uh, from a Super Bowl uh, with John Madden and Tom Brady in the game. Uh, you want to go even deep, deeper on yeah. this? Uh, today yeah. is the anniversary, December 28th, <clears throat> of what's considered the greatest game ever played, 1958 National Football League Championship. 
that was uh, played at Yankee Stadium between the Baltimore Colts and the New York Giants. And, of course, playing in that game was the man doing the play-by-play in what we just heard, Pat Summerall. My God. Nobody across the country is broadcasting that right now. You realize that? Like, not a single person. It, it was in the Daily Blast today. It was a historic event in 1958, the greatest game ever played. The Colts defeated the Giants to claim the National Football wow. League Championship. Just absolutely amazing. And it all comes full circle for the very best, John Madden. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Third hour up next, Murder Mike is uh, sat in here a little bit longer. I think he's a little bit teary-eyed. What do you think, Murder Mike? It was a very emotional with uh, Madden and everything going on. Yeah. Bringing back some of the old. Uh, there we go. All right. We'll do a little tribute there for uh, good old John Madden, dead at 85, but lives forever in the lures of the NFL. AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. A new Gallup poll out shows President Biden has a 43% approval rating among those surveyed, with 51% of Americans disapproving of his performance. Kentucky Republican Senator James Comer tells Fox and Friends first he believes the low numbers are because the president does not have a single win in office. Canceling the construction of the southern border wall, which has led to, you know, huge amounts of illegals, huge amounts of drugs flowing across our border, huge amounts of COVID flowing across our border. Uh, he, he cut off the Keystone pipeline. Gas prices have, have doubled. Uh, inflation is on the rise. There's a labor shortage. 
Colorado Democratic Congressman Jason Crow is using the recent tragic murders of four people in his state to say this is why we need to have a serious conversation about gun violence. Crow's comments coming within 24 hours of the tragedy. USA Radio News. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, and I want to tell you that arthritis is not a genetic thing. It's not a disease of aging. Neither is osteoporosis. Get a hold of my book. It's all in your head. It goes into the 25 different diseases you get when you have osteoporosis of the skull. These are all reversible. You take the healthy bone and joint pack, the MSM, vitamin D3, stay away from all the bad foods, including gluten, and guess what? You'll regrow all your bones, including your skull and your legs and your hips and everything else. Contact us at usaradiohealth.com. That's usaradiohealth.com. A terrifying new viral video shows a man being hit by lightning. Closed-circuit television footage in Jakarta, Indonesia, has captured a security guard who luckily survived a direct hit by lightning, according to local media. In the video, shared by an Indonesian media company and reported on social media, the man can be seen walking in the rain under an umbrella some 15 seconds after he enters the frame. A blast and sparks can be seen in the very place he walked, and the footage then shows him lying on the wet ground. He fails to get up and people run toward him. The man survived, having suffered burns to his hands, according to Tetic News. It is believed the guard's walkie-talkie, which he had in his hands, attracted the lightning. From the USA Radio News, West Texas Bureau, I'm Brad Bernards. An Idaho sheriff accused of assaulting a group of kids at gunpoint in November heads to court on Wednesday amid calls for him to step down. Bingham County Sheriff Craig Rowland is facing charges after he allegedly stopped a vehicle with seven girls ages 12 to 16 and their group leader pulling her out by her hair and pointing a gun to her head. The girls had been making thank you notes to tape to doors in the neighborhood, but the sheriff claims he thought someone was trying to break into his house. Please remember to follow us on Facebook at USA Radio. For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Burke. in the 505 with more 411 here for your third hour. It is Coldplay, Viva Libida. 
right here in the Kiva on AM 1600 KIVA, ABQ.FM, and rockoftalk.com. Hour three, commercial free. You and me and D-Dowd Muska and Murder Mike hangs out uh, with us. So that's uh, kind of cool. We get to hang out with Murder Mike during this uh, third hour. Uh, an emotional last half hour spent on the greatest of all time uh, broadcasters. Uh, and I do mean live event, play-by-play, sporting. And by the way, folks, you should know that that's actually how I started in all this. When I get emotional, that's not like I'm not feigning anything. You know, that, that's real. Uh, I did a lot of play-by-play. I did the play-by-play and the common, uh, color commentary, believe it or not. Uh, all for, in one man. <laughs> yeah, all in one man. I did that. Well, you know, I'm hard to work with, you know, I, I guess. I remember so. that. I was running the board. Do you remember that? Do you remember me calling the games? I did a, yeah. I did a lot of uh, broadcasts uh, for that. I'd love to see if we have some. I think I have some old recordings somewhere of me, you know, making the call. I don't have a recording because the idiot uh, Doug, who somehow is in radio or and says a lot of bad bad mouths me all the time uh, on uh, I don't know all sorts of uh, random uh, social media that's out there, and and he didn't hit record to record that. I thought it was my fault. I thought, oh man, what did I? No, do? no, you weren't there for the Cleveland game. He was there, and and he roped us in. We had the the call and we were in the booth. In fact, uh, Mike, uh, the, the, the great Mike Roberts from KKOB, uh, for a number of years. And he was the best. He got completely and totally mistreated, uh, by KKOB, uh, going out. In fact, I had a conversation with Mike Roberts, uh, when he, uh, after he retired and, you know, we got along, he, I think Mike Roberts, if I'm not mistaken, may have also passed away at 85. Let's he was see. legendary. Yeah, he was absolutely uh, leg- the best Lobo, the guy that they have now, Robert Portnoy, is just terrible. I mean, if it, they should have had me do the play-by-play for uh, the Lobo football and basketball. Uh, passed away in 2016. Yeah, he passed away in 2016. I think, what was he? What Was he close to 85 or right around there? Uh, let's see, born in 33. Yeah. Uh, 83. So, yeah, he was. Yeah, it was 83. 83 years old? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he was uh, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Mike Roberts was one of the best sportscasters. Around, but I had a conversation with him, and the way that he got unceremoniously dumped by KKOB left uh, many a Lobo fan uh, not just wanting, but just like they were done. They're done with Lobo sports wow. because you got rid of the great Mike That's Roberts. loyalty. <laughs> yeah, Mike Roberts, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was from Iowa or something like that. Uh, born in Missouri and a St. Louis Cardinals baseball fan since he was a child. Yeah, he was, uh, he's quite the guy, and just nobody could tell the story of the play-by-play during the game quite like Mike Roberts and uh you know worked in Alabama, Key West, Florida and Laramie, Wyoming. I mean, this is a guy who had life experience. Yeah, he really did and uh one of the very best. Uh, so we lose we lose uh John Madden today and I think of uh, Mike Roberts our greatest local play-by-play guy of all time and uh, by the way, uh, it takes one to know one. Uh I did you know how I started? You know how I started in broadcasting? <laughs> Uh, I, I kind of do, but no. Do you remember? Can you say? Can you say anything? Can you speak to it? Um, I can remember when you first went on the air. Uh, it was a fifteen fifty dial position, and then you moved up to sixteen hundred. And I remember. I was actually working on eleven fifty with uh, one of the most uh, interesting and um, deranged individuals <laughs> I may have ever met in my entire life. Henry. Uh, Henry T. My gosh! It, like I. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know anybody who actually has a good Henry's T story that stands on its own without a following with a very bad one. I don't have any. Right. And I know you don't want to say anything because you don't have anything good to say. But, yeah, uh, it's one of those things where 
Uh, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything. Yeah, you've been in uh, broadcasting since, what, the 70s? How about that? I yeah. started in radio in 69 at, uh, at the Crest, KRST. Yeah, KRST, and uh, there you go, right out of high school, straight into this. Yeah. So, yeah, you understand all that stuff. I mean, uh, honestly, uh, and that's how I started. And I started broadcasting by dialing into a phone panel, which was supposed to be running at 5,000 watts, but was instead running at 500 watts. And he'd go and he would like take money, like cash money from people, right? Mm-hmm. He would go and take cash money from people to go and, uh, so he can say someone's uh, kid's name on, on the and do interviews. I mean, yeah. it was like, oh my God. <laughs> Henry didn't have any. I worked with him at KOB and also at uh, KDF when it was sports talk. KDF, the worst yeah. call letters in the history of radio. <laughs> KDEF. 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 It was, I mean, and I kept his state station going, but. He was literally one of the most unappreciative uh, individuals that I have ever met. So, you know, I mean, we literally write the guy checks and help him out. And and I ended up running his station for the entire weekend. He's like, well, what did I run this weekend? I'm like, well, I did all these things. Uh, They're not really up to snuff on on anything. And, you know, New Mexico State University, Aggies, I did everything I could. And I'm like, I went to a breakfast and that's how I got, you know, lodged into, um, Radio. I went with the guy because I knew someone who was fixing constantly, consistently fixing. Um, you know, uh, I'm saying that ironically speaking, knowing that we're off the air on 1600, but airing on 1490. And and but you know, this is a guy who just didn't put anything back into his radio station. Not at all. In fact, I ran KDF until uh, the point where uh, George, uh, the owner of the station, told me that's it. That Henry's buying it. You can leave. So I did, and Henry took. Really, it you were there. Yeah, I was a station manager. My when, God. <laughs> when Henry, Henry, I knew nothing about radio stations. Like I, I became that. I was like in some weird trailer uh, on the backside <laughs> of the Balloon Fiesta, yeah. waiting for anybody to break in at any point uh, to come and take me hostage. Like it felt that way. Well, right? that's because they, they, he was actually we were running it out of the studio, which was over on Manal. And yeah. When Henry bought it. He let the studio go and then ran it out of the transmitter trailer, which you were talking about. It was, was like a couch. Yeah. Yeah, like, was yeah I was like, I didn't want to sit down. I didn't feel comfortable. Yeah, and then Henry finally left the station abandoned on the air, and the FCC pulled it down, and it went dark. He left it abandoned on the air? Yeah, he did. The FCC took it over. When it made it dark, George Chapman, I believe, was the owner. Okay. Henry LMA'd the station. Owed George a ton of money, walked off, left the station, and uh, George had to take it back because he was actual FCC permit holder, and I believe he just turned around and flipped it. So, Jeez. yeah, I knew this. Is that is that alive? Is that station running now? Uh, it is, from what I understand. Eleven fifty is on the air. I think they're playing oldie music, and it's a low power station. I believe we were what maybe five thousand watts daytime and uh, maybe a thousand or five hundred watts nighttime propagational. Is it still the same? Uh... God, I don't even know. It's still 1150 dial position. I think they're running like 60s, 70s music. KNMM? I am. 1150? 1150 is a dial. Radio station licensed to Sangre de Cristo Broadcasting in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, okay. So we got to abandon that. Mostly air 60s and 70s classic hits. Okay. Yeah. The Duke City 60s and 70s super hits. I'll be darned. I'm glad to see that the dial position didn't get lost in the. Oh, I see they picked up Fox News. There you go. Um, good, good for them. They yeah. mandated their, they mandated their um, uh, vaccine, and um, we have nothing to do with Fox News. Thank God. 
Well, we do have something to do with. Uh, is that true? I just saw it. Did you, did you see it? Hmm? Like what? What are you trying for there? Like, do you know how hard it was for me to like balance the sports and the talk? Remember, I had sports in the morning, talk in the afternoon, yeah. and you were doing it all. I was, I was, I was just amazed at how you were making things work. I didn't know there. a single thing about radio when I got in. <laughs> I'm like, uh, and still. Well, then you didn't know what you could or couldn't do, so you were free. You know, I mean, I used that's to a make, good way to. Invent. I used to make commercials. Um, I, I ran Mad Cow in the morning. Oh yes. Yeah, and then I went and rented uh, 1240, just so I could run it on 1550 and 1240, so I can carry coast to coast AM. Like I had to get multiple, um, you know, radio stations to kind of bridge that. And Coast to Coast was the best movie ever made. That was such a fantastic. It still is. I mean, it's still yeah. Well, that was very expensive for me. I literally yeah. just was shelling out money hand over fist just to land that stupid program. I believe it. And it's great. And then I did the then that built my whole thing with Premier, uh, my affiliation and association with them. And then I did something with a uh, company that had Michael Savage. So the first oh, people man. that I put on was Alex Jones. You know, Alex mm-hmm. Jones, like. Uh, you know the Alex Jones intro. Remember um, how it, it it played? Alex Jones intro music was literally like, I have to play that. I just absolutely have to play the uh, Alex Jones you know intro, which is you know the the Empire. You know dun 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 dun, dun. and that came in Big Brother. Mainstream media, Alex Jones, <laughs> on like 10 a.m. is like, what is Eddie doing with the radio station? And I literally told the guy that I was renting the radio station. I did LM the LMA the station without knowing anything about it, by the way. I didn't know anything about it. And I LMA the station. I'm like, well, you're not going to like what I'm about to do. So I'm just going to go ahead and you can continue to run your stuff here as long as you want. But I'm going to just have to. Yeah, I stripped it. Then the next thing I went after in, in, in November, I put on Alex Jones. In January, I put on Michael Savage, and then that built in uh, Laura Ingram and the rest of the talk stuff. And then I had, uh, uh, what was his name? Rusty something or other. Humphreys. Rusty Humphreys. Oh, I him in Reno. Ugh. Did you? Ugh. Yeah, Awful I'm not person. a fan of not that, fan. but I did run Horrible. Rusty Humphreys. And then uh, you you knew Jerry, right, who passed away with a heart attack. Uh, 61, he was in Star Trek or some other Battlestar Galactica. Oh. Right, what right, was his right. name? You knew him. Babylon in, Five. Yeah. 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 Babylon right. Five. Jerry. So. Jerry Doyle. Doyle. Jerry Doyle. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And I, I, I ran Jerry Doyle. Um, and he died. Like I guess he was popping all sorts of weird pills. He barely recently, I think. Uh, back in 2016. Okay. Uh, when he died. Um, what he died at the age of 60. Uh, KDWN is where he ran out of. Right. Um. So you, I think you probably watched a few of those oh yeah yeah uh, jerry died in the summer of 2016 yeah he was actually very good on mm-hmm. the radio um he was uh he had a kind of a raspy if he was if he were female he'd be stevie nicks stevie nicks <laughs> yes, yes. i think if we can uh, describe him yeah i think that's fair that's a mm-hmm. fair way to mm-hmm. describe jerry Doyle. but he had a good delivery he was very punchy uh very lively um i liked jerry doyle's show Oh, almost as much as I liked uh, Michael Savage. Uh, chronic uh, alcoholic, unfortunately. He was what? Chronic alcoholic. Oh yeah, I knew that. Contributed to his death. Yeah, so uh, let's let's get to Jerry Doyle. You can take a listen His to him. Statements. 
Well, I just hope I don't feel the same way he does if I ever decide to get married. Well, I'm going to get married in November. I got a couple of people that are kind of interest me and I kind of like this and I kind of like that. But I'm going to get married in November. So I'm just going to settle on it. One of them. I'm not really excited about it. It was actually just a couple of months before he died. He died, I believe, in what, uh, July? July 2016. Yeah. So that was in April of 2016 uh, when that that came out. And then uh, then I had, uh, you remember... You remember? Do you do you remember? Uh, sorry for running away from you. I don't want to get to the. Um... He was married to Andrea Thompson. Wow, I didn't even know that. Who's that? Uh, she's the actress from NYPD Blue. One of the uh, actors. Oh, the blonde. Actress, the blonde. Yeah. 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 Oh, I remember. Yeah. Really? Oh, very attractive in the day. Yes. I have no idea who the hell that. Is. I don't pay attention to that. Uh, just, here, here's here's Dennis Miller. I carried him. That was the only thing. Right again, familiar. A constantly changing art form. Marconi. Lakehurst, New Jersey. All the humanity. The Mercury Theater. This is Orson Welles, ladies and gentlemen. The New World Order. Hi, this is Casey Kasem. From that first broadcast. Oh, yeah. A medium that has been proved. Cold. Trim. Winnow, bonsai, uh, pruned and deposited here today, ready to be moistened with the watering can of evolutionary jewel. This is the Dennis Miller Show. Hey, folks! Hey! <laughs> Welcome to the Dennis Miller Show. Oh, I uh, had the good fortune of uh, hanging out with Dennis Miller for about an hour or so. He's a small dude oh, uh, okay. up in, uh, is he even doing anything anymore? Once he bailed out of uh, the whole thing with uh, O'Reilly, you know, O'Reilly's right. uh, riding uh, Trump's coattails. And Dennis Miller is probably just uh, having uh, soirees from here to say, he lives in Santa Barbara. Oh. And he did his show out of Santa Barbara in addition to, yeah, so uh, I, Dennis Miller for me, in my opinion, was so good that I aired him twice for about six months because I didn't want to put anything else out there. They were trying to like stuff me with, like I had all this lifestyle stuff, the joy something show and something about uh, Howard, uh, what was the guy that saved money and clipped coupons? Howard, uh, what was the guy? Clark, Clark Howard. How- oh, my, my mother loves that Clark Howard. That is the worst show Clark ever. Howard with the worst radio <laughs> voice in the industry. My, I hated that show. Dowd, I hated that my show. My mother adores Clark Howard. He was telling people, you know, uh, I hate it almost as much as I hate Dave Ramsey. I hate Dave Ramsey. Oh. I just, I, I carry it because people like it. If I take it off, I swear I'll have like five people pointing a gun at my head. <laughs> This is a man who knows his audience. I'm not even kidding. They'll be like, what did you do with Dave Ramsey? I'm like, "Um, he's airing in the morning, so I don't know. Where else do I put? Like, you can't hide Dave Ramsey because he's the second most popular radio show in the country. I'm like, I'm still trying to hide him. What can can I do with Dave Ramsey, please? You know, know, I think you really have an interesting show on after Coast to Coast, which is Ground Zero. That's the best show. That is awesome. Uh, That's the best. Listen to that, how well-prepared that show is. It is excellent. Okay, so I do have to play one thing. <laughs> I don't even know if it's going to come in. So, <clears throat> well, I'm on coast to coast all night, and then ground zero after that because I'm up all night on the scanner. So I got the station on. 
Okay, so here is Andrew Breitbart. I think, I hope, I think, I hope, filling in for the Dennis Miller Show. Now, everybody knows that before anybody else, my very favorite guy, and I knew more about him than anybody, was Andrew Breitbart. Smart guy. Yeah, for me, there was, and doubt I'll ever repeat this again, but uh, you are similar, and I've never told him that. So uh, you have to understand that this guy was the most compelling provocateur, I think, maybe in the history of political thought besides Rush Limbaugh, as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. He, he, would, he would make things absolutely come alive. Andrew Breitbart filling in for Dennis. And when Dennis Miller did this, as far as I was concerned, Dennis Miller like literally floated on a magic carpet for the rest of my life because he, he made the connect. Like you have to like stare into the nether regions of the internet to actually understand what I'm saying. You know, these are the things that, you know, make connected all the dots. Here, here's Breitbart filling in on the Dennis Miller show back in the day. Hey, Andrew. I know you. You do. I do. How are you? Yeah, I tweeted you a couple times. You tweeted back. Did you hear that? Does anybody hear what I just heard? Did you hear that Andrew Breitbart was genuinely interested in how the person was on the other sideline? That is connection, ladies and gentlemen. That is not something you'll get anywhere else. That is absolute connection. Just, just listen to Breitbart. I mean, he was genuinely interested in people. This is a guy who came from the liberal, had to understand it, and flipped all the way to conservative uber conservative hey andrew i know you you do i do how are you yeah i tweeted you a couple times you tweeted back an email and all that it wasn't a private tweet it was a public one let's just share that on bob turner day anthony weiner's district (laughs) um hey i wonder what did you think of the picture (laughs) yeah (laughs) of my bedhead of my famous bedhead um, hey, I was wondering if you noticed that how liberal Hollywood comes out with, um, of course, these um, movies about um, Republican presidents about their term. But it's fine. I think it's kind of revealing that they don't come out with movies about the Democratic presidents in the past. Now they do, you know, case JFK was um, is about the. Um, investigator of the assassin, and then um, and then FDR was about the fair, and but nothing about their actual terms. I mean, if they're so proud of it, why why not make a movie about it? Oh, when was so, the last time that a uh, you know? Right now, everybody's looking back at President Clinton, and he did a great speech on 9/11. Give the man credit where credit is due. I don't know if anybody saw that speech, but you, you can go to Breitbart. Uh, TV, and you can see President Clinton, I, I think he gave the best speech, and it seemed sincere. And this is from a person who has a, a Clinton BS detector where when he bites his lip, uh, I don't believe it. When he's at the Ron Brown funeral and he's laughing, and then he turns around and sees a camera, and he's able to uh, turn on a t- his tear duct. Uh, I don't buy the man as an authentic person per se, but I really do think perhaps I'm now in the 
of fools category that he did a, ma a magnificent job the other day. But I don't think that, you know, after after the eight years of President Clinton, after what happened in 1998 and the way that he left the office, they wanted him, you know, Al Gore kept him as far away from his campaign as humanly possible. Perhaps he's redeemed himself. Uh, during this period of time. But where, when is the last time that a Democratic presidency worked out in a way that Democrats can look back and say, this is a great presidency? And I think you have to look back to a time when Democrats weren't infested by this hard leftism. You look at JFK, whose tax policies and his foreign policy sound like a right-wing extremist today, or Harry Truman, who dropped the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, a strong, you know, uh, non-isolationist uh, point of view. So you have to. You, the, the current strain of the Democratic Party is not your 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 grandma's Democratic Party and in, in in the golden age of Hollywood when Democrats were uh, on the same page with us in terms of what patriotism was not that you dissent against the government uh, 24 seven and that you think that uh, America is a force of evil in the world and that's what we have in the presidency right now is somebody who uh, thinks that we need a strong cleansing and redemption Clinton Kansas how are you there you go. Way ahead of his time, describing all the very single things that they're already doing now that they have the White House. All of this stuff could have been avoided. He didn't take in the Tea Party quite the way the Tea Party would have liked to have uh, Andrew Breitbart represent him. He, he went in a different direction. We're going to have more Breitbart to wrap up the show, Dowd, I think, mm -hmm. uh, to play that. I and think and we what did Andrew that. Breitbart understand that party hacks do not understand? Politics is downstream from culture you're not going to have the political yep. outcomes you want unless you fix the culture That's so right. come help those of us who are working on fixing the culture yeah we've been talking about that uh, yeah, doubt it's funny that uh, you brought that back because that's not something i remembered as i was talking about that culture up here you know politics down here yep. instead agenda politics up here culture down here yep. uh we have run that uh and run amok uh here uh, let's check on uh, Murder Mike. Murder Mike, we, let's get to all the uh, news that is news. Uh, 127 homicides listed yesterday. I think we're pretty accurate uh, on that. I know that other people are sensationalizing and trying to go for a cool 200 uh, and then some. Uh, the so numbers are all over the board. They're all over the board. Everyone's trying to make downing. news. Don't try to make news, right? Yeah. Well, they're trying, but we're the only ones. Stay in front of the mic, Murder Mike. You got it. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to begin with traffic news this evening because APD is investigating a fatal hit-and-run accident involving a pedestrian. Uh, the accident occurred shortly after 10 p.m. last night at on Manal at Cagua. A pedestrian was struck by a vehicle while crossing the street, which uh, after that left the scene. At this time, there is no information on the suspect or the vehicle, and APD's fatal team is investigating. In other news, a man was reported missing on December 21st was found in the trunk of a burned-out vehicle in Berlin. Several weeks ago, a Berlin Fire and Rescue responded to a car fire on I-25 near the exit to Berlin. The fire was quickly extinguished by fire personnel, but had no reason to check the trunk. The vehicle was towed by a Berlin towing company to their impound yard, where it sat until recently when tow yard employees opened the trunk and discovered the body. The Office of the Medical Investigator immediately took possession of the deceased, which later identified him as 52-year-old Michael Yarborough, the man who had been reported missing on December 21st uh, in Albuquerque. APD's homicide detectives, along with Berlin police 
and the state fire marshal's office are investigating to determine where the murder took place and how the missing man was killed. And the investigation is ongoing, so we'll get more on that later. And, and an update to the Islamic Center fire. The woman who attempted to set fire to the Islamic Center last month had been positively identified by APD and the FBI as 43-year-old Eselia, and I'm, well, I'm tearing up this last name, it's Camerarina. Uh I could only spell it, but that's the best pronunciation I can get at the time. Don't worry, we're not relying on you for the proper yeah, spelling. Yeah, that's a weird one. An arrest warrant has been issued for her, and she is, who, but she is presently in the wind, so they're looking for her. The Islamic group is asking that the arson be investigated as a hate crime. So let's look at the little bit of the news. And switching to stats from last night, APD responded to six shots fired calls, five domestic disputes, and only one drunken disorderly. Additionally, there were two drug overdoses requiring EMS intervention, four assaults, two threats of suicides, and five disturbances reported. And finally, despite the frigid temperatures last night, AFR responded to only three outside fires last night and about six exposure calls. So that's a quick look at what happened overnight and in the stats. And there you go. That's that's it for tonight. There you go. The quick update uh, there, Deke uh, Dowd. Murder Mike, the um, young man who was wanted for the uh, off-road vehicle of vehicular homicide of yeah. the seven-year-old. Any, right. any update on that? Or we have uh, that's disappeared from the news. It really has. And uh, yeah. the, uh, the the he's a. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he might be a drug dealer Mexican national. Oh, that, yeah, that one. That. No, there's no update on it, but I am going to look into that further because I haven't seen anything by anybody on you that. You even forgot of, about it, Murder Mike. I, as a matter of fact, I, honestly, I hate to say it, but I did because it just hasn't been been up in front. So yep. it, it kind of fell between the cracks, and that's something that should be investigated further and stay in the public opinion and the public view as long as necessary till they the guys brought to justice. There we go. Uh, how about giving us the top five from last night? You done uh, I will do that right now. Number one. Interesting. Uh, didn't know people would pick up on this. The, the New Mexico department of transportation has a new solution for the state's growing litter problem. Mm. Litter problem. Are we talking uh, about the homeless litter problem? Uh, I'm sure the homeless create a significant amount oh, uh, of that litter. I'm going to go out, you know way, way out of the way. Let's let them just litter it up. Uh, $10 million to the Clean Up New Mexico Roadway Beautification Program. But, you know, folks, we don't have to spend that tax revenue if you just don't litter. It's something, uh, anyway, I was raised in the woods of eastern Connecticut. We don't litter there. <laughs> I was raised not to litter. My parents told us we were not to litter, and I have never knowingly littered in my life. I don't know why people litter, but they do. Uh, that's uh, That was number one. Uh, number two, uh, Breitbart, of all things, the Breitbart website, which lives on after Andrew Breitbart, Breitbart uh, on his untimely Yeah, it's called, uh, it's called Legacy, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, have a family and you might have one. Uh, yes. Uh, Breitbart is said that, uh, according to the website, Kamal Harris is out touting the seven principles of Kwanzaa. And, of course, we know that Kwanzaa was invented by a socialist Marxist in the 1960s. It has nothing to do with black Americans. As I've said a million times, if you look at the polling data, more black Americans identify as Christians than white Americans identify as Christians. Therefore, if you're looking for a holiday, a late December holiday, end of year holiday for black Americans, they already have one. It's called Christmas. It's a universal religion, whatever you think about it. It doesn't apply to certain races. Uh, anyway, don't get me started on Kwanzaa. It's uh, sick. Uh, number three, the Rio Rancho. What is, what is Kwanzaa? Where does uh, that, is, that word come it is from? A, uh, it was a, a black nationalist. He fused black nationalism with uh, Cuban and Maoist socialism. Uh, he concocted this. He was a black nationalist 
professor in California. We can get into this more tomorrow because Ann Coulter has written extensively on this. I'm not a big Ann Coulter fan, but going way back, she's been exposing this for a long time, and I will give her credit for that. Uh, number three, social justice. Just when we don't have enough wokeness in New Mexico, third most clicked item was coverage by the Rio Rancho Observer, the Placitas Library, which mm. is actually a C3, 501C3 private nonprofit, but it also gets state bonding money, so it gets government money. Uh, they have launched two new social justice book groups. Of course. We need yes, more just, left-wing activism yes. in New Mexico. <clears throat> yeah, it's never enough. You know, it gives all these people uh, a chance to experience their high level of uh, weird sexuality, homosexuality, you know, whatever they want to go ahead and sit in the springs, smoke all their pot, have mm-hmm. all their weird drugs and their weird experiences, and uh, I don't know. Uh, what, what, what would you say? Uh, basically, molest young children? Yes, I would say that, that that's uh, largely what that group is made of, uh, D-Dud. Very creepy people engaged in some very creepy things. And uh, it is, again, it's an indirectly funded government entity. So I thought people should know about that. So mm. I'm glad it was number three for people who are at least making themselves aware of what's going on. Awareness is the beginning of fixing the problem. You can't fix a problem you don't know exists. Don't number four, <laughs> um, say police checkpoints and saturation patrols will be active throughout the state in January 2022, okay. according to the Department oh, of Public Safety. Oh, people are mad. There's not enough DWIs. That's right. And uh, finally, number five, Mayor Keller signed two very, very woke ordinances yesterday. Mr. Aragon and D. Dowd Muska discussed mm. this at length, uh, and that was our fifth most click. Folks, if you want the, the Asian Blast, Pacific... Yes, the um, I don't know, people, yes. whatever. Yeah. I don't oh, 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 racism against them. Yes. yes. Past injustices. Yes. And then we added more languages, uh, official language. We'll be printing materials in, in many more languages. Uh, if you want all this information, folks, the Rock of Talk Daily Blast will be delivered to your inbox 4 a.m. every morning if you subscribe at rockoftalk.chat. How dare you call it our inbox here? <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, folks, stay, stay plugged in. I mean, stop quitting. There's a few of you... I, like, why are you suddenly, you guys, uh, suddenly quit? Don't do this. So there's a lot of mass littering in our environment. I was raised to leave a place better than you found it. Doesn't cost us anything to pick up the trash where we see it. Breaking news. The reprehensible Harry Reid just passed away. Oh, as well. thank you, God. Yes, yes. Uh, 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 Dowd, this is. Oh, wow. Is, is that, is he running around spiking the football? Wow. Is that, is that, is that true? I think it is. Joyous news be spread. The wicked old witch at last is dead. Congratulations. This one's personal for me, folks. Yeah, this well, he hated you. So, yeah, tried uh, to get me off the air yeah, yeah, in, 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 in Las Vegas. Yeah. We're going to wrap it up today with, uh, well, I guess we got a phone call coming in. I don't even know where if we can uh, bounce it. Caller, you're in the Kiva. Go ahead. That's you, caller. Going once, going twice, no caller. Okay, that's fine with us. No problem. We're going to wrap it up with Andrew Breitbart, Andy B., here we are right here in the Kiva. Great uh, broadcast this afternoon. Uh, back on the air on AM 1600 KIVA on Thursday. Glad to be broadcasting on AM 1490 KRSN 107.1 uh, Los Alamos and Santa Fe. Good stuff uh, there for us to be sure. Here's Andrew Breitbart, then called a political blogger, 
just two years before his death and his greatest political speech uh, right after, or excuse me, right before the midterms. Uh, something that I think, in my opinion, that vaunted uh, the Tea Party to massive victories uh, in the 2010. Remember, not the Republican Party, the Tea Party that uh, pushed all those uh, victories back against Obama. Take a listen, folks. It, it really is uh, something pretty phenomenal. Um, this is one of the, in my opinion, one of the best speeches I've ever heard. And author Andrew Breitbart. Following that, former education secretary and political commentator Bill Bennett. This portion's about half an hour. Thank you. Thank you, Hannah. I appreciate all of you being here. What a horizontal room. Hello, C-SPAN and all my friends in the mainstream media. Love ya. <laughs> Wow, what a six months it's been. I want to start off with, uh, I, I have to apologize to the nation because uh, the pimp in the pimp and prostitute video apparently wasn't dressed like a flamboyant pimp. I am so sorry, this nation, uh, for, I don't know what to say. It, apparently, it doesn't matter anymore. Look, mainstream media. We are now six months into this ACORN thing, and you just lost in New Jersey, Massachusetts, and Virginia, and we have video cameras on you everywhere you go, A SCIU and ACORN. <laughs> and your Alinsky tactics to try and destroy Hannah and James and me, bring it on. Mr. Podesta, we're watching you. Mr. Podesta, we are so sick of your Alinsky tactics of the politics of personal destruction. You started in the 90s, and now you're coming after people who exposed corruption at the highest order. Instead of investigating ACORN, you're investigating us. We're on to your tactics. It's over. And mainstream media, who chose not to cover this thing, who now wants to cover James and Hannah every time they trip and fall and do everything, this is the biggest story in the world. Hey, how was that Watergate Jr. story, MSNBC? are these people? No, seriously, who are these people? It's unbelievable. Let me remind you something. We're at war with Al-Qaeda, and the mainstream media doesn't have... Whoa, 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 let's use euphemisms to describe these people. Let's put them in the nicest possible places. Let's let them do everything in the world. But people who come out of their houses... People who choose not to go to Walmart or Costco for a weekend and say, mm, maybe we're spending too much money. Maybe we're putting too much money on the credit cards of, the, of our children. Oh, you're teabaggers. Look, mainstream media, the gig is up. We figured you out. You're not on our team. You're not on the American team. You're on the progressive team. We tried to play nice with you, and nice is over.
I'm looking at my phone now because I'm like, I am ADD, but I'm looking at my phone because I, <laughs> I found the Rosetta Stone of our common burden this week, and of all places, the New York Times. They don't realize that they wrote a paragraph that made absolute sense, but when I saw it, I said, <laughs> it, was in, it was in a piece about a podcast on the BBC, and the headline had nothing to do that they had just admitted what they've done over the last 60 years in the United States. Rick Santorum uh, referred to it. It's political correctness. It's multiculturalism. This country was founded upon the premise of e pluribus unum. One from many. And this multicultural crap that you instill in our kids the second they get into college and you separate them and pit them against each other so that you can get votes every election cycle that's ending right now. I want to read to you from this fabulous New York Times piece. This is unbelievable, and I, I hate to get into esoterica here, but the nuanced people uh, in the academic left who we're about to go to war with at big education, and yes, we do have video cameras, uh, professors, and we're going to use them against you. And if <laughs> math mathematics plus Bush equals Hitler equals we're at war with you, and if you continue this indoctrination cycle against our children and then keep preparing them for being unprepared for the world, we're not going to spend $100,000 every five minutes for our kids to go to school there. You are the first place that needs to be reformed. Well, I, w I, was, I wasn't just a dumb liberal in college. I was the dumbest liberal in college. I, I was a drunk liberal in college. And I, I went to college in New Orleans because I didn't have to use a, a fake ID. They just let me drink. And thank God, because otherwise I would have been completely indoctrinated. I remember in my American Studies program, I took it. I took it because I wanted to read Mark Twain. I did. I was like, I like that guy. And then I walk through the door and they're like, no, he's racist. I'm like, what? We're not allowed to read Mark Twain in American Studies program? Who, who's in charge of this place? This is insane. And, and so I started reading these crazy books. This is true. American Studies. American Studies. These people are so audacious. They walk through the front door of every institution, whether it be the churches, whether it be college, whether it be the Congress with their Alinsky tactics to say, you know what, we're in charge here and we're going to give you our core curriculum. You're going to, we're going to give you our nihilistic vision of the world. Again, it's over, but don't cheer. It's, I just want to say, I just want to remind John Podesta, it's over, okay? You waged war against the good American people, you progressives. You pit us against each other. We are going to come after you so hard. You have no idea what you have awoken in this country. I need the idea. They're not giving me a lot of time here today. Come on, Wink. Give me more time. Okay, so I've got to get back to this New York Times thing because it's a broken clock, twi right twice a day type of thing. They don't even realize they were right in this one. Because my, I remember graduating from my American Studies program, 
so unprepared for the real world because they didn't say, and when you graduate, you go to work, and then you raise a family, and that's pure happiness. No, no, no. They taught me how to deconstruct text in order to be a depressive young man, angry against the man. And for four years, I stewed and wallowed in self-pity. And then I, then I realized my dad told me when I was 16 years old, get a job. And I did. And I remember like putting money in my pocket and I'd have self-esteem. It was like the greatest thing in the world. And I'd buy all these CDs and I'm like, I'm like, I'm rocking. But then I went to college and they go, no, 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 you don't work. You wallow in self-pity. So anyway, I, 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 so here's what we have here from the New York Times. I keep teasing you. So I tried to deconstruct. I used the skill set that these folks taught me in college to try and deconstruct why I was a mess of a human being and why the mainstream media was telling me uh, that I should follow Kurt Cobain. That was when I graduated. I go, okay, wait, wait, okay, okay. This guy's Generation X's leader. I'm a loser liberal. He's a loser liberal. Uh, what's the end game here? And then he shot himself. I was like, okay, I don't think I could afford this liberal strategy for uh, th this contract against America. So when I, when I deconstructed... When I deconstructed said pathetic $100,000 education gone to waste, met a bunch of nice middle Americans out there and realized that the flyover country crap is BS. Uh, that was the one takeaway from uh, college is that uh, the elitists on the coast where I'm from and where I live, they're not uh, too hot on you guys, and I'm on your side, not their side. But uh, here's what we got. Here's what we got. They didn't mean to write this paragraph. It, it, when you read the context of this article, the deconstruction of my academic past, looking at the books that I read, I was like, what was that? I found out that these intellectuals uh, from, from Europe in, during World War II uh, emigrated to the United States, and we gave them safe haven in places like Columbia University. Uh, and no, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not, I didn't mean to isolate Columbia. Yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and so it was the, these intellectuals like uh, Herbert Marcuse and uh, Theodore Adorno and a guy named, uh, uh, let's see, I, 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 I don't know, there's just a bunch of grim fairy tales in my head. But these guys came to the United States with a plan. And this paragraph on this podcast on the Frankfurt School, which is obscure to everybody, but behind the scenes, these were the architects of our potential doom. These were the people who came up with the idea of multiculturalism and political correctness that makes it so that the teabaggers are the bad people. Uh, Hannah and James are domestic terrorists for trying to expose corruption, and Al-Qaeda are the good guys. You know, let's, let's, let's give them every right known to humankind, and then let's let them play Pong or something. So here's the paragraph that I keep saying I'm going to give to you. The Frankfurt School of Philosophers emigrated from Nazi Germany and became dyspeptic critics of American culture. Several landed in Southern California, where they were disturbed by the consumer culture and the gospel of relentless cheeriness. <laughs> Depressive by nature... They focused on the disappointments and venality that surrounded them and how unnecessary it all was. It could be paradise, Theodore Adorno complained, but it was only California. 
I lost it. I, I said, this is it. This is my unified field theory. This is what happened. Okay, you come from Nazi Germany, and America's like, bring it on. We'll take your huddled masses, and we will give you California in its golden age. Clark Gable running around, the palm trees. They found the utopia that they claimed that they aspire to. And what did these guys do? It sucks. Let's change it. Oh, wait. And, and I, I, I swear at night, I swear at night when I watch MSNBC, and, uh, and, and I go, I, I don't understand where these East Coast people who have so much money, who go out every single night running around town having the best life in the world and the best country in the world, can go to work put their pants on and complain about this country. I don't, like, it doesn't make sense to me. I'm not asking for them to be, I, I'm not asking for these people to be relent, relentlessly cheerful, but grateful some every now and then would be pretty nice. And I wonder, I wonder where on God's green earth Keith Olbermann and Rachel Maddow and David Schuster, how's that uh, Twitter account going? Uh, David Schuster. Uh, that was fun getting you to retract on air. Uh, uh, MSNBC, I'm, anytime you want me on there, I'm there, baby. Uh, I wonder where, where, where you get this nihilistic worldview, where you get this social justice, economic justice, let's create Detroit and New Orleans like great society hellholes and let's just ignore them while we're going out and having drinks because we're, with our noblesse oblige we're better than everybody. I go, do you not understand that there are consequences for your bad ideas? I, I'm going to end on a relentlessly cheery note. I'm here to save you, Rachel and Keith. I know you tried to sell me out in Watergate Jr. and said, James, sell, throw that Breitbart guy under the bus. I didn't take it personally. I am going to make you relentlessly cheery if, if it is my last breath. But before then, I wanted to tell the cameras some of the upcoming big sites because much of the conservative movement finds itself on defense all the time, prevent defense all the time. Every now and then we pick up a fumble at the one-yard line and run 100 yards, and we're like, all right, we scored a touchdown. Sometimes we even win the game, but we're hopelessly on defense. Well, the big sites, uh, I, I, I thought, I have a great idea. It's like, you know, figuring out like a widget or the cotton gin or something like that and getting in. I, 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 uh, and, I, and I thought to myself, why don't we go on offense? And that's what we did. We went on offense. Thank you, Hannah and James. Heroes. Young heroes. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick Sorelsi. That's it. Thank you. This is The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque.